welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we're back again on a Monday night. Are we, lads? How's, how's, how's things? We've been, been busy. A lot of recording going on. Lots of uh, things going on in the, in the background of Grapple Towers and, and elsewhere. Um, feeling it a bit, JP? Or uh, are you ready to go for more? You've got a lot of homework to do this week. Um, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I mean, as you'll know, like before we recorded the weekend show, I, I was at like a gaming convention, which can be quite stressful when you've got 80 odd students. And all you just don't want any deaths and everyone gets back into Oxfordshire alive. Or and just minimise like, right, Now you're on your fucking own. Um, but yeah, that was fine. Everyone got out of there. Um, only one letter of complaint from a parent. I'll take that as a personal win. <laughs> what was so, it like? Was it like as like, a complaint? Like, oh, as a convention. <laughs> Both of that, yeah. Odds. Um, I'll say that it's changed a lot. So this one was because of COVID, it really wasn't very busy. There's normally big PlayStation and Xbox booths and one for Twitch and the rest of it, and loads of speakers and about probably about five times as many people, like loads of stuff going on across all these halls. And it said it was only open in a few. Mm. So like they didn't have much of the big stuff there at all. Just some giant four guys thing. Um, yeah. I'd done it before a good few times. It was weird. Everyone was wearing cat ears. I didn't get it. I just thought, I feel very old. I don't get a lot of what's going on here. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll put my, I'll just state it now for the record. I don't get anime. I don't get it. Just don't get it at all. Like me with Joshi, mate. Same thing. Just nonsense, in it. The present, <laughs> right. Okay. All right. You took a leap there, didn't you? I didn't it's not that. that big a leap. <laughs> Join some dots. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The presentation stuff, I was always with WH, the presentation stuff just leaves me absolutely cold. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling stuff is good. You just need to fast. I heard people talking about the, the entrances for stardom. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But a bit of anime as well. You don't look at the, the, the you know, the, oh. the not dressed schoolgirls. You just, you, you follow the stories, mate. That's what it's about. Hmm. <laughs> Look, no, no I'm judgmental. I'm judgmental about single men holidays to Thailand. Okay? <laughs> I'm an incredibly judgmental person. So, be. like, I'll see as you should be, as we all should be. You know, keep your friends close, but your enemies close. Sorry, that's, that's a pretty dark talk. Um, <laughs> How did they compare to yeah, wrestling fans? Weekend. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what, what's like. What's the anime crowd compared to, to like a, a, I had a, comp- a Brit ratio? Mm. Well, actually, you mentioned that I had a Kenny Omega T-shirt because he's doing a um, like Sonic Boom in mm. the in the T-shirt. You would have seen me wearing it, and a couple of people came up, including a bloke. I told you this, who is uh, like, oh, I, I was like, oh, Kenny Omega, and I was like, oh yeah, do you ever do you watch AEW? And he went, no, no, I just watch WWE. Me, and I thought, know where it is, and he's like, oh, it's on too late, and I was like, mate, it's on about ten forty-five tonight on ITV for doing Tony Khan's job for him here, and then. <laughs> And he goes, I also watched that LDN. So I was like, mm. <laughs> do you? The crossovers continue. I, I just thought I'm not mentioning anything more. Eh? I was like, I don't know. Is it, is it good? Is it Groupon or something like you get the tickets from? He's like, oh, yeah, my kid who's 10, he loves it. Okay. And I thought, I'm sure the performers love it as well. But um, it's it's very, very like he, he said that and then i made a quick ex showed my covid pass which you have to show in and out of the excel center it was ridiculous mm. um and then and then went back in but yeah got back recorded with you watched Ireland azerbaijan got absolutely shit-faced on saturday spent a lot of sunday hungover did a podcast with rich fan and a podcast with you guys that was that was my weekend and then back to work and i've got no voice 
Uh, I, I was kind of having my own gaming convention on Friday. I was like, I was in the office over in Manchester, and we finished at better, three, right? and just went to like NQ sixty four like in in the oh, afternoon yeah, yeah. there. So so they like got in there and realised in, in Manchester, and there was mm-hmm. like a, a Super Nintendo that had uh, the Royal Rumble game from Super Nintendo. So was playing that for a bit. That was a great uh, great nostalgia kick. That one. We yeah, couldn't wait yeah, yeah, for the now. Nah, it was uh, it was that Royal Rumble game. God, I used to play the shit out of that when I was a I was a kid. Hey, I loved that. That's such a such a good game. It wasn't. It was absolutely terrible mm. when I was playing it the other day. But it was uh, it was one of those leave the memories alone. Maybe. But then I was also playing. Uh, I found out what the, one of the like the young lads in work who's like a big wrestling fan that I didn't know until that day either because he, he just. We were, we were like scrolling through because they had like an emulator of different games that you could play. And he was like, oh, put Royal Rumble on. And like he knew I was a wrestling fan. So he was clearly just wanting to kind of talk about wrestling a bit to, to somebody. We ended oh. up playing like SmackDown 2. Um, uh, what's it called? Know Your Role on um, the PlayStation as well. So we uh, we were supposed to be doing this challenge in work across various things like Time Crisis and Pac-Man and things. But me and him just sat for a good fucking hour just uh, playing various uh, various matches across Royal Rumble and SmackDown too. Uh, there you go. He was a casual wrestling fan who's now watching AEW as opposed to WWE. So the oh, contrast of the uh, yeah. Joshi, non- Joshi nonces you were dealing with on Friday. So there you That's go. That's what you Balancing the force. <laughs> You're a SmackDown game fan, like back in the day. I, I, I'll be honest. Like all of those games, kind of passed me by. Like I was no died in the wall, no mercy, and then yeah, didn't really care. I believe here comes the pain's good. Like that, I don't really know. Yeah, like uh, I, I can never. I'm not fucking old. I can never remember. What, was was it on the PlayStation? The WCW game, WCW yeah. versus the World. And yeah. that's what I. That, yeah, that's what I, I was playing. I was I was playing those games on the PlayStation. I wasn't playing these WWE ones and the fucking blocky pixelated characters here. I didn't uh, yeah. I didn't enjoy them too too much. Oh. Like I was thinking this ain't a patch on playing them WCW games where you've got like Kevin Nash, you know, when you on the selection screen where they're doing like the little promo you know, oh, yeah. the little promos like don't pick me, you know. Me, <laughs> yeah, just me. Li- leave me leave me alone, leave me and all that shit. <laughs> Loved all that. <laughs> just sitting oh. scroll through scroll through them that all day. Na- yeah, that was nitro. Like terrible game, but the vi- like the video clips were absolutely brilliant. You had that, you had oh. Raven on, on there being like, Yeah, pick me, don't pick me, I don't care. Like all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the wrestlers put more effort in than others was the thing. WCW versus the world had like this amazing roster though with all of those like it had like Masai had like all Japan it did and it stuff like huge, that it had it was enormous wasn't it you'd have Sabu it. as a kid I was oh. human because I bought it expecting all of like the WCW roster but I didn't know where any of these fucking people were like expect you didn't even have the real names I think one of them one of them was quite clearly Road Warrior Hawk but other than that yeah. I was just like who are these fuckers I want like I don't even think Sting was in the crow face paint I think Maybe Hogan was in, was in his NWO gear, but it was um, yeah formative as far as those games go. Like it was, it was WWE and NWO World Tour was where they got going with them for me. But yeah, I can imagine for you guys, yeah, knowing knowing those like all the like the the Japanese roster and oh. stuff, you'd be far more into it than I was. It, it was a novelty. It was like these people that are, that existed in the Aptomax mm. were like kind yeah. of like kind of coming to life, and the the power slams and the rest of it. It's particularly like Sabu and the. ECW, so it just they did a different kind of move set, so it was kind of interesting. I mean, I do you know what I tried to play Fire Pro recently, and I just couldn't get a grip on it. I mm. just thought I, this isn't for me. Like the AEW one, if that doesn't hit for me, 
that m- I find it very hard to think of a wrestling video game that will mm. in some ways. I mean, this one it kind of needs to be good given how much they're spending on it as well. It's another opportunity where WWE's been crap for Lord mm. knows how many years already. You can sweep in with a half decent product and you know sweep up a, a lot of those fans. Yeah, I don't. I've, I've definitely I've tried like through the years to like oh the the Attitude Era one that was like WWE 2K13 maybe mm. where I was like oh, I'll give it a try or like oh there's better reviews for this year I'll give it a go no they're all shite but yeah the AW ones will sound like they're going to be um, attempting to uh, to like bring back that kind of engine of, of World Tour and uh, the, the great uh, the great mm. WWNWO and No Mercy type games um, what was that it was the so the bloke you were talking to you talked him into to following AEW I'm impressed with that Gareth like I think that's oh a, no no he no he just he, he's just watching it you know, his oh, own he's already doing his own okay yeah. that's even better because yeah. I, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of um, when I was at that um, that WWE house show, like there was some bloke I ended up getting stuck next to me. He wasn't a Jano or anything, and he was like that typical fan who was like, is, "Is that is that Rey Mysterio? Is that the same Rey Mysterio as when I was a kid?" He was that kind of guy, and he was like, "Oh, is 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 it's like is Randy Orton still a wrestler?" And I was trying to sell him on AEW, but I don't oh, think I did a particularly successful job. But <laughs> yeah, that, that that got great after a little while. I mean, this lad is like 20 or something like that. And he was, I was like, oh, who'd you like then? And he was just like, Darby Allen, love Darby Allen. You know, oh, and I was just cool. like, ah, there you go. He's pulling the kids in. <laughs> yeah. Like my little cousin's the same way. My little cousin who loved Bray Wyatt. He was constantly like tw- uh, putting stuff on his Instagram page about that. I have noticed he's moved more into like Darby Allen and Tommy End and that. And he's, he's hoping Bray's mm-hmm. going to turn up in AEW, but hopefully his, uh, those dreams get crushed for him. But, you know, can appeal to those kids one by one. <laughs> I know Nick from work. He watches AEW. There's a kid in one of my classes who turned up in a Braun Strowman T-shirt. But I mentioned AEW and he knew. He was like, ah. I was like, you, right, you need to be watching that. So you're watching that tonight. Mm. Like, just basically saying to him, watch this. Mm. Watch this. I'll be on your side and I'll probably let some shit slide. Like, yeah. just because you like you like wrestling. <laughs> You'll be like your little favourite. That's how corrupt, that, yeah, that's how corrupt teaching can be or how corruptible I am. <laughs> uh, that, well, that video game could, it could be a big entry point though couldn't it if that, yeah. if that game's if that game's really good and people will just just end up playing it like you know if you have got one wrestling fan at uni or something like that and he's ending up playing with like six of his mates and things as you know I did and people just became familiar with it and kind of just helped get people to just know who people were and watch them kind of got faith in AW especially with the money they're spending on it and a load of the like wrestlers and lads there just seem to be like into the fucking gaming and stuff, aren't they? As well, so you can't, you, you know, you just thought just, they're gonna they're gonna know how to get it right. You, you know, I think the last game I actually bought was yeah, it was Fire Pro, and I just couldn't. I'm just yeah. too. I'm just don't play games regularly enough now. I like to be able to just get into it. It was so fucking hard. I, I just couldn't do it. But I think between that, I think the last one was the ECW game. <laughs> did you mm. Did you have that? Was that? Oh on, yeah. I can't remember if that was on PlayStation or PlayStation Two. But fucking hell, that was it was terrible. just built on the uh, the Warzone and Attitude Engine, wasn't it? They just threw a, an ECW skin on it, but that was bad. That was rough. Oh, like, those games are terrible in general. But that one was like, okay, it's way past its sell by date. This engine now. Yeah. There was two say, ECW uh, games, weren't there? There was mm. Hardcore Heaven and Barely Legal was not the first one. I'm thinking, I'm saying I bought it, but it was at the time I had my PlayStation chipped, so it was probably cost me £2, so that money wasn't going back to Paul Heyman. So, hey, maybe I contributed to them going out of business. But you're right, it is a big entry point, because if you can make a good game that's just kind of fun to play, mm. and people can easily get into it and get a handle on the control system, the key is not to rush it ignore wrestling fans who get 
impatient for it because you need to you need to do this stuff and release it without bugs because games like cyberpunk get all that hype and then they they fall into crunch time stuff and then once that happens you're up against the clock and it's just like you just don't rush it if you put out a great game first time round and people don't have to download like some enormous fucking like um update straight away then you don't end up with like disastrous scenarios like with one of the assassin's creed games unity like you just see the skull on the face and stuff like you just mm. couldn't play it it was just like kind of unplayable just because i've been forced to release it and i just hope with them because it's their game just take your time no need to rush mm-hmm. and when it's good and adding in extra characters is easy enough and i'm looking forward to like people like owen hart obviously going to be on there as well and that's going to be kind of intriguing what can they do licensing wise because they can't put slammy award-winning owen hart that's true you can make up, make up another yeah. one. Grammy Award winner Owen Hart. Um, Just put him, in, put him in his WCW gear. <laughs> yeah, the bright yellow singlet or whatever it was that he was wearing uh, <laughs> back then. Maybe that is what we'll get. New Japan era Owen Hart. That's what, uh, that's what they'll give you. But no, good, good day. <laughs> Good tie in there, JP. Because speaking about that, <laughs> we've been yeah. uh, we have been busy. Uh, these, like I said on top these past few days, we did uh, record a an, an Owen Hart uh, deep cutter uh, over the weekend, which was over on everyone's uh, Patreon feed. So fun trip down memory lane, to be honest. Like I say, I don't think the three of us are uh, the uh, the poster boys for uh, Owen Hart is one of the greatest <laughs> of all time type fans. But you know, we've all got a soft spot in our, in our heart for various mm. parts of his career. It was a uh, fun going back and uh, and digging into some of that stuff. Yeah, especially Brett versus Owen. Mm. A great feud, well worth revisiting. Some like kind of, you know, great heel work. And it's just like one of the points we put out on the show, like quite early on, is it's it's like a switch is flicked straight away. And he goes from being like a complete non entity in WWE dressed up as MC Hammer to being this great snivelling heel and kind of manages to do his run. And yeah, we sp- we kind of go through the entire kind of like it like his entire wwf run and yeah it's really i really enjoyed recording time, and it was, it was yeah. yeah i was gonna say like as much as like none of us are like oh he's the greatest of all time like you look you can't help but look at like 94 and 95 and the, the dredge around them and stuff and yeah you know, i said on the yeah. pod it's great that like him and the, the likes of like one two three kick came in and up the work rate in the company and there were definitely moments where they could have done a little bit more mm-hmm. with them than they did I think it was just most reflective of that time period that was when we were looking at that like two years when he had the two tag teams, mm. like the, the Yokozuna tag and then the Bulldog tag team like the year later. And then you were like looking at their opponents and things like as you were going through and looking for matches to potentially watch for that period. And you're just like, fuck me, there was some dross in the uh, WWF at that time, wasn't they? Oh. And you just think My for them, them to be mate. like <laughs> banged into tag teams there and fuck me there was some shite but um no it was great it was just so enjoyable just you know probably just for that that kind of almost the two brett things bookending it the feud with brett and then the get back together with brett and the the heart foundation run with the the five of them at the back end they they were both time periods where you know obviously you were kind of like review you know you were a reviewing stuff or re-watching stuff and things like that to kind of at a certain level to feed into this and I was just thinking oh, I just want to go back and just watch this week to week I want to watch absolutely everything throughout the entirety of both those uh, both those runs um, one day mm. I might get around to it 
There you go. Yeah, like we say we've got some clean up we could maybe do at some point, you know, and Owen Hart outside the WWE mixtape or something, you know, we could look at some of those that WCW stuff, some of that Japan stuff, some of that stuff in uh, in Canada. There's definitely uh, room to move there, but as you said as well, mm. coming up, no rest for the wicked lads. We've got a <laughs> right on on their heels of right. that. We can officially properly uh, announce that we are doing the. Uh, the uh, the Brian Danielson mixtape with uh, with our mate Jamesy and um, coming back to the uh, the Grapple Network for one night only to uh, to talk one of his uh, his favourite subjects. I say one night only. We'll see if we see if we try and lock him in here. We talk we talked him into doing the world transfer window and like we've now talked him into doing a Danielson podcast. Who knows what we might try and talk him. Just when he thought he was out, we pull him back. <laughs> You'll find himself here every Monday now with us. Not that's for four hours, <laughs> but no, that should. Uh, be a, be a great time as well. I've uh, and we put together the the, the playlist for it. I'm uh, put put it in the uh, the chat for our live patrons. There is a if it will. It's a long list, so hopefully it goes through. Yeah, it looks like it has. Um, I'll put it on the uh, the Patreon page as well. Uh, I am reliably informed. Chris Linney did get out a, a sneak preview of the uh, of the list. Like just the uh, the three hours and. 43 minutes of, of in-ring action there to watch. It could be worse, you know. Four hours with entrances, Chris says, you know. So, you know, up to you. How many times do you want to hear Final Countdown over and over again? But, yeah, we're going to be talking the uh, the low-key match at, at Round Robin ta- Challenge. Yeah, the match with James Gibson for the ROH World title at Gory Bayana 4. Kenta at Gory Bayana 5. That's a classic. Nigel Beginners at Unified. That's a match I can probably review with my eyes closed. We'll uh, probably review more of the people in the crowd than we will uh, the match itself. <laughs> you literally do. You don't have your eyes closed, Faye. <laughs> very much open as the dickheads are headbutting the uh, the ring post yeah you can see a young Ben out might see some uh, bottles of water getting thrown by uh, mysterious uh, <laughs> men in the uh, in the front row as well uh, we're going to do a homicide final battle 2006 and end it with Nigel, the, another one of the Nigel McGuinness matches in Driven 2007 and there's the uh, the famous Morishima match from Manhattan Mayhem 2 and not to be uh, stopped James Yaz throwing in a quick bonus match there if you fancy it uh, with him and Cesaro again there, Mike Quackenbush and, uh, and Jigsaw from, uh, like I say, from Shikara, which is a, a Jamesy classic. There's a lot of great stuff in there, lads, let me tell you. You're going to have a great time. It's going to be fine. Okay. I'm already picturing myself I can watch certainly one of these before I start work tomorrow. Mm. Like, maybe try and get one in, like, certainly two on the way back home. And I'm thinking, all right, once I, I do that, I can kind of, you know, break the back of this by tomorrow. It's a lot of watching, and the the teachers marking are sticklers for the details, aren't they? <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I don't know about you, Gareth. I can't bullshit it's, and bluff my way out of this one. It's so funny, though, because, like, you're, like, looking at it, and it does feel like, with all their matches, that, that it's like, oh, this is a bit of a task to squeeze this in. It's three hours, 43 minutes. It's like an episode of Raw, an episode, episode of Raw, yeah. and, a, and a little bit of Two Hundred Five Live. Mm. I know I'd rather be watching. Yeah, I'm proper looking Very forward true. to this. I think I've, I think I've only seen two on this list before. Um, so, um, yeah, all going to be like good new stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of watching it properly and just because obviously if. With you two, and especially with Jamesy as well, going to need to be all over the detail of what's happening in all of these matches. So yeah, very much looking forward to watching it closely. But I'm equally looking forward to kind of like quizzing you two a little bit as well, just about the, you know, what was uh, what was going on at the time and what was in your heads and so you know when certain things happened and things like that as well and you know how things fed into other things. So um, yeah, it's going to be a uh, going to be a, a quality uh, quality watch and a quality uh, quality episode i'm sure so yeah. if you're not a patron no better time to become one because this uh 
I can confidently say this is going to be one hell of a fucking show. I think so. And that's the thing. Like, the question's going to be like uh, the challenge me and James were trying to lay out. And James, he's curated the majority of this list. I am just posting it on the Patreon page because I'm aware I've just broken the chat trying to paste it into the, <laughs> into the YouTube chat. Um, but like the challenge was going to be. You know, these are the matches. You know, we kind of agree, maybe with the exception of one, and maybe one of the ones, and then I'll mention it on the show that they're better than you know the alleged five stars that uh, that, mm-hmm. that Meltzer gave to to that match famously uh, with Kenny Omega from Dynamite. But I think the real challenge is going to be if the matches and entrances are four hours, how long will the podcast be? Um, so <laughs> we'll see. You were saying, oh, book on Wednesday afternoon off, Gareth. Maybe book Thursday morning off work as well, because uh, <laughs> we might well uh, might well still be. Uh, <laughs> I might have to. I might have to like pay for Sarah to go away for a spa evening or something like that. <laughs> Just <laughs> don't think that ten-hour podcast will go down well. There we go. Maybe two parts or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, we'll make it work. But yeah, we are uh, scheduled to record that this week, and it will be mm-hmm. out uh, later in the week. But yeah, plenty uh, of other stuff going on over on the Patreon, JP. Absolutely. You mentioned there we've got we've got that we've got the Owen Hart show out. We've got that one coming up. We've got obviously the updates as well. Um, and actually now a bit of a back catalogue. I know we're planning on doing um, uh, a couple of other shows as well before the end of the month that, that we were talking about. But it's, you'll hear my 10-minute updates, pithy results, um, along with sort of, oh, I've got to do raw results in the morning. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, that's always a bleak moment of real. And it's a great moment right. in the rest of our mornings. We all wake up and go, yes, going to have giving us the raw <laughs> I may lie about some of the results just to entertain myself at half past six. Um, yeah. So yeah, come along patreon.com forward slash grapple. There you go. And yeah, plenty of uh, ideas going forward. We are uh, circling uh, background. We've got a, uh, you know, Patreon, uh, 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 Kings of the Mountain to uh, to hit hit up with uh, mm-hmm. some more suggestions uh, for theirs. Robert Brocky is going to be uh, up next. Just gave myself an idea. To be honest, that conversation we just had about uh, wrestling games as well. We should definitely have a, a full uh, oh, conversation yeah. about that. It mainly just be me raving about Revenge and No Mercy and the likes. Maybe we can uh, draft Matty in for that as well. He's a, a big fan of his, uh, his wrestling games. But yeah, plenty of uh, stuff cover coming up over on that side. But yeah, we should um, get into what we are here to talk about this week. And fuck me, we've got a lot of things to talk about it was we did a busy mm. weekend show on uh, on friday talking about the patreon jp and like i think i realized until friday how much wrestling was on this weekend and it's kind of like a, a hodgepodge this week isn't it of like different matches and bits of shows and and stuff to talk about but yeah there's uh there's plenty there yeah it's a proper like global feel to this one there's kind of wrestling from like kind of pretty much most of the major places other than the uk weirdly mm. enough um Although, we're going to say it now, none of us have watched any G1, which is like... <laughs> I just assumed you two might have get away with it. I'll be like, ah, they can talk about it. I'll just pretend I'm going to watch it next well. week, and then the finals will happen, and everyone will forget, and I'll never have to do it. Like, that was my plan. Uh, some people will get pissed off. Look at them, not even fucking reviewing the G1. As I said in the pre-show, tell me what is the unmissable G1 match I have to watch. Mm. Tell me which one it is. Like I've seen the early ones. Like I've there's stuff in there that's clearly like good. I think you know, talk of the great Okan. I'm like, all right, let's not go too overboard here. He's had a couple of. He's not using the Mongolian chops as much for a, for a week and a half. Let's not lose our shit. Um, so yeah, it's not something that we've watched, but we have kind of gone all over the place. Normally AEW, obviously, you know, it does happen to be the hottest wrestling promotion in the world. Um, 
back to Noah again, back to stardom again. Oh, you are old friend. Didn't realize that. I did. I, I don't think you lads. Yeah. Um, or just the main was that, event. Was, was that when you were at the convention? Oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> uh, no, it's just this cosplay for the convention. No, <laughs> it, okay. it, fucking. You want to shoot? I'm not, I'm not doing this again. All right. I have to justify myself here. Yeah, again. You two watched MLW as well. Yeah, it's like a real, like a tag match from AAA. There's just mm. so much stuff. GCW? God, yeah. That's got about amazing. that. GCW. Mm. And I haven't watched it, but Daniel Garcia seemed to be wrestling every minute of the day mm. this weekend as well. It just like was non-stop. Oh, he is the wrestler of the week this week. Like, definitely. Like, I think that's... I think the punk match from, from Rampage is probably my match of the week, or at least it's up there. And saying that, there is a, a fair amount of a competition mm. too. But yeah, he had a couple of uh, bangers over on IWTV I've seen as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's start with that. Let's start with uh, with AW and do a, do a quick AW catch-up. Usually I'm like thinking, oh, we got to get the AW chatter, chatter in because you know, there's another Dynamite coming up on Wednesday, coming around the corner. Isn't one till Saturday this week, lads. So yeah, that's that works out uh-huh. well. Less time to watch before next Monday, but it's... Uh, I'll take a couple. Oh, we get of, uh, to preview it. Oh yeah, do that on the. There you go, another cheap uh, Patreon plug. Do that on the uh, on the Patreon preview <laughs> yeah. show. Oh yeah, we also do a weekend preview show like every <laughs> week, every Thursday, <laughs> uh, every Friday even. What the fuck am I on about? Um, that, that, that I not I normally listen to on a Tuesday because um, it's uh, <laughs> just spo- avoiding spoilers for everything that I'm on to catch up on three hours before we record today. But still a good listen, even if you listen retrospectively. You're a completist, mate, and I respect it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, obviously we should uh, we start off with uh, with some some AW and yeah, it was a uh, pretty pretty newsworthy dynamite. Uh, we talked again on the weekend show a bit about the uh, the rating for it on Friday, JP. But you know, all in all, you know, despite that being maybe a slight disappointment, it was a very very good show again from AW. I think that kind of goes without saying now with the with the with these dynamites. But yeah, I thought uh, you know we we talked last week about how you know I was quite skeptical that that Hangman Page was gonna was gonna come back and be the uh, the mystery man in the ladder match in the main event. I think part of that is the fact that we've all been burnt so many years by the WWE that you just don't believe a a wrestling promotion is gonna do things competently, and you you don't believe that like yeah the you know. Things that make fans happy are actually going to happen, um, but they did, and yeah, that, I think that's the uh, the main talking point uh, coming out of Dynamite. There's plenty more to get into as well. It was a was a very good show, but yeah, Hangman Page is uh, is back, Gareth, and yeah, we're heading back towards the, uh, the presumably the Kenny Omega match we didn't get before. And I'd say it was a a real good sign that uh, when he came out there as well. So uh, you know, obviously. Even we've had a couple of things to say about the the sheer amount of you know debuts happening in AW recently and a lot of like new faces and the like. It was definitely nice to see him come out and get as good a pop and better than pretty much any of those debut pops we've heard recently, or at least it was in a in the conversation. That man is still over. Oh, big time! I mean, God, when he came out, that crowd reaction was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Because you know, yeah, you, you, you had a lot of people after the previous result with Omega and people saying, oh, you won't be able to get him as hot again and you won't be able to, you know, he won't be as over and, you know, people like really questioning kind of um, the 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 extent to which they'd like maybe fucked up on it. Well, God, there was the demonstration that they haven't because the, the crowd reaction for him was absolutely insane and it just sort of really just, again, just made you get that feeling of, you know, what a 
big star and potential big star they've managed to build here and you know again that obviously just like maintained throughout this this match didn't didn't it he looked fucking great in there the crowd reaction reacting to everything he did the fact that when you had like um you know Moxley going for the paradigm shift and Moxley with the chair shot and things the crowd are booing Moxley because they you know hangman's so popular with the crowd and you know that's the first time I've heard Moxley getting any you know negative boo reaction or anything like that from an AW crowd as well you know it just really demonstrated what they've they've got here and then inevitably when they do you know push the button on that and you know I've got no doubt in my mind that um you know he's gonna be the one to take the belt off Kenny what a star they've got on their hands here and you know what a great great shot that was just at the end with him just sat atop of that ladder with his beer and just with the crowd going mad behind him you know it just really just felt like a you know, electric moment. And to be honest, this match as a whole was one that I was really pleasantly surprised on because just so fucking jaded by ladder matches, like absolutely just, you know, it was like, oh, fucking hell, another ladder match. We've seen it all. It's just, you know, it's all a bit dull. We've had that many like ones rammed down our throat over the last few years through NXT, WWE and things like that. But this actually felt like a ladder match that, I don't know, it did feel a bit different in places and it did feel a bit like innovative in places. And, you know, there was, there was, there was a lot of stuff there that was like quite eye-catching. And I think as a match, it felt like quite big time as well. And again, I don't know if it was just the hangman factor, like elevating it, but even people like Archer looked fucking great in this, I thought. It really felt like to me, like he was, his position within yeah, within the roster was like elevated by his performance in this in this match as well. And yeah, what a what a cracking into the show. I think again, it was just one of these, as you say, when when the rating came out, it was just a bit of a disappointment that <laughs> not as many people got to see this as were watching the show kind of two or three weeks ago. Because because yeah, it was a fucking really enjoyable. Yeah, it was, and it, like I say, I, I went. I mean, I feel harsh on it. I went three and a half on it. Um, I think I think for me, it was you know. It was all about the handman moments at the end. There were some crazy fucking bumps in there, don't get me wrong, like that. You know, Pac, like, putting his life in the hangman page's hands was unbelievable. And, you know, that Andrade, you know, willing to take that, that ladder bump on the outside as well was crazy as well. Um, I don't know, I think I am share what you say, Gareth, about being burnt out on ladder matches. And I think it's not even AW's fault. I think that's NXT's fault for having 26 of the fuckers in the, in the last year or so of the old... Um, black and, and gold brand but there was still yeah plenty to enjoy in there and like you say every everyone in there was over and you know like i said the jp it gave us the, the happy end that we wanted it did and that's ultimately what he needed to do i'm, I'm less on the match than you two because I'm, I'm so entirely jaded with ladder matches i look at this and i kind of think of wwe and i don't want to think of them even though like i agree with the general points about there being like some stuff in here that's a bit more memorable as well and but it was all about the pop and it was all about the fact that the audience, like, com- like, were are completely back on board with um, with Adam Page. It looks like that's going to be the main event of Full Gear, mm. which I wasn't expecting in some ways. I, I, I'm kind of like, I thought they were going to go back to Brian Danielson, but fine because I'm assuming he'll be in that world title tournament and he'll be winning that. And it means you'll probably have some great matches in the build-up for that tournament over the next few weeks, which I'm completely fine with that in the build-up to it as well. So, like, in a sense, I was just glad that they had that kind of pop. Um, at the same time, I mean, like, for the number it did, this was the highest-rated uh, highest part of the show 
as well, which does kind of reflect that Hangman himself does always have that kind of positive impact on the ratings. But the Rampage ratings come through, and that's and that's very poor. Mm. It's like 502,000. So, like, that's... They'll be having a look at that, but I don't know if there's any mitigating factors that, that might well have affected that as well. He's just mm. making his best excuse. But, yeah, <laughs> sorry, back to this match. Like, it... it, it, it is it the right moment? The only thing I come away with, is it the right moment to put the title yeah, on I'm wondering Adam too. Page? Because it's only in a few weeks, isn't it? It's like, is Hangman Page going to be champion in, what, four weeks? Like, I don't know again. Like, I don't want him to, I don't know if, like, him losing again is particularly where, where I want to go with this. Like, but, yeah. That, is, that maybe is part as well as, like, the... The fact that WWE have let us down for so many years that you don't expect a promotion to, you know, to give you what you want, which is Hamman Page to be the mystery man in the slider match and get right back at Kenny. Yeah, don't know if that feels. It still feels soon, doesn't it? I don't know when I'd want it in that case, but yeah, you know, there's obviously you know the more Danielson matches on the on the table for Kenny as well. I suppose you can do stuff with Hangman. I tell you, yeah, I mean, the one thing that I hadn't picked up on, I only saw people talk about it after the fact, is that the Dynamite after Full Gear is in Hamman Page's hometown as well. So if he's oh, really? not willing to think... St. Louis, fuck, isn't it? St. Louis, yeah. So, I mean, like, it'd be brave not to do it, but I don't I don't know if it's guaranteed. Time, time limit draw at Full Gear and uh, rematch the following uh, the following Dynamite in his hometown, win it in his hometown. Maybe I haven't just done the draw with Brian though. Are they going to do it again? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll just go for it and just give him it, and you know, pull because we have waited you know a while. But I don't know. Part of me thinks there's there's definitely more story there, isn't there? So I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, yeah another direction. I I kind of wanted like Kenny to almost go through a few more challenges. I know that's kind of a risky deal, but I kind of wanted him to beat Danielson first. Because I think that would be like kind of better way, and then you you get and then you get to Punk, and then you get to Adam Page, who at the end is kind of built it up, and he's like the last guy standing. Whereas these two massive stars have come in and failed to beat Kenny Omega, and then he's going to be the one who does it. Because fuck me, then you're elevated, aren't you? You know, <laughs> that's as much as they could possibly do with that. But then that's we're in fantasy booking territory with that type of stuff. I'm sure if they go with Adam Page, they'll do it well. It's I always worry about booking baby faces on top, though, mm. because, you know, again, like you say, been burnt by WWE, been burnt by poor booking, and immediately the first feud is, is, isn't is good. And do you know what? We had that with Britt Baker as well, where, you know, they, they you mean, know, the, the. Kenny Omega um, wasted half his title reign messing around with Orange Cassidy and Christian, so, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does, though, it feels like that. that's just getting going as well with Kenny as well. So, like, okay, finally we're having big Kenny Omega matches. It would be, yeah, almost don't, wouldn't want to take the belts off him, but I wouldn't want to, you know, derail Hangman again with all of this momentum. It's definitely a definitely a tough one. Be interesting how they uh, they tell the story as uh, the weeks go on. But um, I was going to say, like otherwise uh, on Dynamite, um, well, obviously got a lot to get into today. But uh, yeah, all the highlights from the show. Obviously, we kicked off with the uh, the Elite and uh, 
speaking of which, uh, in there with with Danielson and Jungle Boy Luchasaurus and uh, and my favorite Christian. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fun opener, despite the uh, the singular botch in there, uh, which uh, which they made the most oh. of. To be fair, I kind of enjoyed that with uh, with Luchasaurus, uh, kind of like I think you can get away with that when you when you're the heels. It's like it, you can use it for heat, and they did rather rather than go back and just rerun the spot, which might have been one idea. I kind of enjoyed them just lapping it up and, and enjoying the fans getting on their backs. That's a, that is one thing. You can uh, you can get away with heels that you couldn't get away with as, as baby faces, but a full match otherwise, and uh, yeah, one of a, a couple on the show. Yeah, it was yeah. one for it was one for me that I just thought it was just a perfect match, isn't it, to like start a show something like this where you've just uh, you know you've got something out there that's just um, very high pace, you know, a lot of good guys kind of out there in in in, in front and just. Um, you know, just set the set the show off really at a, at a, to a good start. I mean, it's averaging out like bang on four stars on the on the app. So you know, again, it's you know really mm. you know really rated highly overall. I was a bit lower. I was like three three point seven five. To be honest, I was teetering between kind of three and a half to three point seven five on this. But um, again, it was just that it was just that great you know just showcase for for a lot of these guys and it just sort of set things up for different elements from a um, you know storyline perspective moving forward and, and and things and you know like you say just a just a lot of fun and sometimes it's kind of like one of those that I sometimes think with AW is they give you these matches where you can kind of just like sit back and just sort of you know, just take it in and enjoy it and it's just at the pace it is and they get the crowd into it and it just makes like the TV you know so enjoyable from 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 that that point of view and um yeah you, I, I just think with this and you know with my enjoyment of the ladder match i just thought yeah again there was another great kind of like book into the to the show with um with, with both of these matches that were in there the most startling revelation for me on this one was that i was uh, watching this in bed and uh, um sarah told me how much she hates jungle boy and i was like how can you hate jungle boy and she was like just hate him i was like why articulate it and she was like, i don't know just something about him just hate him <laughs> and i was like oh Poor Jungle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> one of like the most unthreatening, just nice kids, you know? Like, how can you not? <laughs> You're lovely lad. Yeah. <laughs> now, when puberty hits, it might be an issue, but you know. Um... <laughs> I had that conversation. WH just kind of like made me think of Jungle Boy a little bit differently now. Like, you know, everyone's always, it's like a given, isn't it? We're all like, yeah, he's going to be a megastar. Is he? Because, like, you know, he's a great, great, young, un- good looking underdog baby face. What does main event Jungle Boy look like? You know, what does like? How does this evolve over the years? Like, I, I, I don't actually know. I think we just kind of—it's just a thing people say, isn't it? That oh, he's the future of the company. Without, is there any evidence of that? Like, really? Good luck. I think they're going to go with it. Mm. Um, Can't talk. Mm. Yeah, there's. uh, I mean, he gets better. That's the thing about this, but like, I don't think there's any real argument that you should go near him now. I mean, like, you'd probably argue like whether or not you give him a TNT title run. Mm. So, like, let alone the main event. Like, there's still a few years away from, and a lot of kind of seasoning. He is very young, and he's come a long way in a in a short amount of time. It's whether or not does he want to play into the Luke Perry son thing. Like, Jim that's Rostos. the kind of thing. Oh God, does he? And fuck me, does he let us know? Every single week, he made a mistake once, and now he's just he's, he's just covering for it, isn't he? That's all it is. We called him Jungle Jack. People gave him shit on Twitter. So now for every match for the rest of time, he's going to call him Jungle Jack, like it's his name, but it's not his name. Jungle Jack. At least it gives him an out for when he uh, when he isn't a boy anymore. 
That's true. Jungle Jack Perry. Maybe Jim Ross is thinking ahead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe he's, he's right. <laughs> Work yeah. on his upper body, then he'll get in the hunt. There's probably that, those kind of little pearls of wisdom he'll give him as well. Yeah, like I say, it, it's one of the, like Andy said there, he's young enough, he's going to get better in a couple of years. Yeah. Definitely, but like, like I say, it's just it's just said with such confidence that I'm like, uh, what does he look like as a as, as something more than like an underdog baby face? I don't quite see it really. Um, but you know, I guess I guess uh, he, he's one of the four pillars, isn't he? According to MJF, so it mm. might well uh, might well happen. And um, speaking of those four pillars, we also had uh, on the show the uh, the TNT title match with uh, with Sammy Guevara and uh, and Bobby Fish. Got to be honest, I was not interested one bit in Bobby Fish turning up on Dynamite, and then he came out to the old Red Dragon theme. <laughs> I lost my mind. Um, yeah, that that what a fucking suck I love that I don't know if we were at the PCW weekend and they did Gareth where they played it like 300 times in the same weekend it's yeah. burned in my brain from those uh, those weekenders so that got me a, a little bit more into it but you know as a match it was perfunctory it was for me three star match um, I'm kind of like you know, not a Bobby Fish fan. The music made me think, oh, maybe, you know, and I there was definitely stories this week that he was a, a young book hire, um, which makes you think, oh, maybe maybe if Kyle came in at some point and they were a tag team, I've got no problem with adding another tag team to the, to the tag team ranks. That could be something. I think maybe the argument's going to be he's more of like, you know, a veteran type to, like, like a, you know, for his faults <laughs> on my hands, a Christian, you know, a veteran type to be in there to, you know, bring up the likes of a, a jungle boy and, and the like and be a, a solid set of hands, a, a mechanic in the uh, in the mid card, I suppose, might well be his role. But, you know, wasn't anything fancy here, was it? It was a solid three starish match. And um, I do also have some doubts about uh, my personal interest levels in, uh, in Sammy Guevara's TNT champion. So, yeah, it wasn't the most uh, exciting start as, uh, as solid as it was. I think, though, it still has novelty value, mm-hmm. if you see what I mean. And sometimes, actually, I think with, with Dynamite, that it does kind of follow the Mookie Ball structure perhaps a bit too much. But there's still a novelty value in bringing in someone who's just effectively an outsider who people would recognise from NXT TV. Um, if he's coming in to work with, like, the kind of really young talent that needs seasoning, then, like, I think that's good. But to be honest, the place on him for AEW is going to be places like Dark and Dark Elevation frankly. Mm. I think that's kind of where where he should be at this stage of his career. Of the Undisputed Era, he was, you know, very much the fourth wheel. Like, you know, he wasn't oh, yeah. the, you know, Ten he was like very popular. As well, I think. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, a tag wrestler fundamentally for it. But he has a role and he has a place. I'm not mm. going to be like kind of slating him. And I think he knows that as well. Like, and that's where you want him to be is, you know, working with Lee Johnson on Dark Elevation just say for argument's sake that's kind of the role that he needs to fulfill at this stage of his career the match itself i have to say i was a bit bored like i, I thought i thought it dragged i mean i went three stars because i think you know there was some good stuff in there but like i, I think at the same time it, it sort of lacked a bit of snappiness for me yeah i mean i, I went slightly higher than both of you i went like 3.25 on it but it, it was it was just a it was a functional tv match wasn't it that was a a good you know, good, solid professional wrestling match, kind of as as uh, as, as Benno would say for for this type of match. But for me, I mean, it, it's more just the issue. You know, I talked about it last week was just Bobby Fish being in there. It just feels like unnecessary to me, and it just feels like another face on the roster that we've seen plenty of over the last ten, fifteen years. That is, you know, I, I question I question the purpose of it. I, I, 
him being there. There's a lot of faces on dark and, and on dark elevation that are new and the fresh and the, from the Indies and okay, they might not be as seasoned and they might not be as, you know, well known, but, you know, I think my biggest concern is that when you've got lads coming in like this, like a, a Bobby Fish that are, you know, as good as he's been in, in parts like a, a Matt Seidel, I'm just like concerned about the them sort of almost just been a blocker to TV time for some of these younger lads who I'm probably a bit more in, interested in seeing and just seeing a few a, a few fresher faces put in there in different matchups and things like that. You know he's going to be fine. You know he's going to be solid. Is he exciting? Absolutely not. Is he going to be bringing viewers? Probably not. You know, and you know I think that's that, that's that's where I worry with 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 hires like this. The match itself, though, it was it was it was like brought down for me by the the post match angle, and it was like obviously with Dan Lambert's group coming out, and anytime just like I've got Jericho there going fucking toe to toe with Junior Dos Santos, I'm just not toe to toe. I think he took him out. <laughs> I'm just oh, yeah. uh, I'm just not I'm not having that. <laughs> like it was just uh, I was just like fuck off because it was the same last time as well. Like Jericho kind of got the better of him last time as well, and then you know it's still like that UFC title runs still very fresh in, in my mind and okay years have gone by and things but yeah fuck off Jericho it was I mean the one thing I'd say is it was fucking over like the reaction yeah. to it like I think I said to you JP on Friday like I was honestly like thinking the fans are swearing here so they've like turned on the heat machine you know the boom machine so they can drown them out that's how fucking loud it, it came across like I'll get like for it not really working for me and the Dan Lambert stuff, totally agree. It's just flat, really, and you know it's it's been downhill since his first segment. It got over massively with that live crowd, like to to a level that I didn't think was possible um, with this feud. You know, maybe they're all big uh, Juju Just Santos fans like UJP. Maybe that's what it is. It's wacky as fuck, and I'm kind of loving it. It's got that kind <laughs> of big match at the new at Tokyo Dome where they put like you know, those Gracie brothers in, and it's just sort of like some wild shit. I'm just actually looking, I've had a notification from the Athletic, like Masvidal is fighting Leon Edwards, apparently, on UFC 269, December 11th. So I was thinking to myself, after this, because they've got a big, big deal of Masvidal at ringside, I can't see how he's not going to get involved. I can't see how UFC are going to allow him to do anything, particularly the winner of that fight against Leon Edwards gets to will be fighting for the welterweight title against mm. um, Usman. So this whole kind of title ramifications and big money involved with him as well. I can't see him doing a match with Chris Jericho. I I, I know it's not good, but I love it. It's 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 wild Monday Nitro. What fucking kind of angle is this? Wait for Tyson stuff? to turn up. And, yeah, <laughs> just go mad. Have Shaquille O'Neal turn up. What the fuck? <laughs> Why not? Have Jorge Masvidal deliver a knee to Shaquille O'Neal. People will remember that. They'll be like, what was going on for a while? There was a wild television program where they had crazy stuff there. Paige Van Sant looked mm. to get her in there as well. She appears to be loving it out there. And mm. she's not in UFC. I think she does like bare knuckle fighting, yeah. which is odd when you see her. That's the kind of route that she'd go down there. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong I'm I'm loving seeing it it's so good just for like (laughs) just that different side of things but I just don't want to see Jericho fucking (laughs) getting the better hand I know it's got to be presented in that way but like come on (laughs) it'll be pinning Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky it's not like Lesnar versus uh, Kane Velasquez who's returning to AAA 
He'll be back. He'll be in AEW before you know. He's another one. He was. He teamed with Cody the yeah, last time he did Triple A. He'll be around, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, what did you guys make of then the uh, the announcement of the uh, the TBS title and and the uh, and the Shida Serena D match? I thought Shida Shida Serena D was a pretty good match. I like the idea of uh, turning Serena heel. I think that gives her a bit of direction. Yeah, gives yeah. you know the division a little bit more. You know, another another primary character to give it direction. I'm not sold the division can carry a secondary belt. Not even so much the talent, although it is a concern. It's more, you know, AW, <laughs> like handling having another women's belt and, you know, putting the the, the segments together to do it. Like, you know, I don't think Rampage was a particularly uh, encouraging sign that, you know, two of the women most prominently featured in the little, you know, promo video they did for this belt went out there and had a match that lasted about 90 seconds, you know? Um, it's, uh, mm. I don't know. They're setting themselves a challenge, I suppose, you know, and they're, they're answering, you know, some of their critics of, of not having enough women's stuff on, but I don't know. I would have taken TV tag belts or a, a six-man belt before I'd, uh, I'd maybe have assigned another, another belt to this women's division, but I suppose if it gives uh, Serena something to do, it's not the uh, the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of them where I was I was dreading it being a six man belt. Like, yeah, I yeah. really don't want to. See, oh, yeah. I really don't want to see a six man title. Like, I, I, I can't stand it. You just get these contrived three person teams put together for short periods of time, and they never. I've, I've, I, I, I never, never like that in that situation. I was praying to God, there's, you know, as me and JP have both talked about plenty over the <laughs> last few months, that it was going to be like a secondary tag tag belt. So it was kind of the middle. Yeah, yeah, it was kind. It was kind of the, the the middle ground of that for me. That I thought, well, yeah, it shows a commitment to the division. They've definitely got more women wrestlers now. Obviously, as mm. as the world opens up more and more, there's they're going to have more access to bringing back um, the. Yeah, Japanese women's wrestlers that they've you know leaned on more heavily in the in the earlier days, and then you know now they've sort of built a more um, American you know women's roster as well. So the the roster definitely is deeper, and there is a lot of young people in that roster as well. When you you know you look at like your your Anna Jays and your Take Ontes and people like that as well, you know it almost feels like they've got that kind of there is another tier of wrestlers there as well that they can they can build in the programs there with that. So, you know, it kind of almost like by proxy by having this second belt, they are just going to have to book the women's division better because yeah. they're going to have to make That's sure that... Exactly, yeah. and so you know you'd, you'd expect that they're then going to have to like rise to that pressure. But oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Like, well, I went three and a half stars on it. <laughs> I went three and a half. All the Serena Deep stuff was was great. She was showing them heelish tendencies, you know, before she went off with the inj- injury, and then to just go more heavy with it um, this time was was a. So I, I thought it thought it looked really good. I thought they uh, they clicked really well, and I just loved the whole fifty win trophy. As soon Aww. as I saw that trophy, I just thought. <laughs> I thought she's losing and she's getting twatted with this trophy is the second I seen it kind of thing. Yeah. And then and then that, that that was the outcome and it was just delivered, you know, perfectly. I just thought, yeah, it's lovely, lovely stuff this. It was just a it was kind of almost a perfect um almost like consideration to a women's uh, match or program that can go on separate to the, you know, current world title program mm. uh, and that side of things as well. So it was, it was a nice tick in that particular box on the same show that you, that you bring in that TBS title. Yeah. I, I thoroughly agree with you on that. Like it just the way in the match when she became healed, she went from the chop block to then doing the eye wreck, eye wreck to then the sort of vicious submission to then hitting her over the head. It was, 
this this run she's had has been a hell of a run, and I know she's just sort of not long back from injury and the rest of it. If she can deliver some promos, there's there's something really there because I I like heels who have that justifiable anger, and here there was real justifiable anger as soon as you saw the the fifty win trophy and the rest of it. It was. It was like, oh, this is good. Like, I kind of think it's this old school kind of wrestling heat and I can always get on board. In terms of the TBS tournament, um, or the TBS title, I think they've got to take the punt. Like, they've got to do it. it I, I, I agree with Gareth in the sense it forces them to book the division. And there's going to be a lot of growing pains, but they have a big women's roster. And in many ways, this is the other side of it. If they want kind of growth within the company, they're going to have to put a focus on women's wrestling. And rather than getting, you know, the stars of Tokyo Joshi Pro, if they can get some of the stardom roster in for like some kind of like kind of killer matches, that would be definitely the route to go down. And a big signing from WWE, because Christ knows when those contracts are up, if they're kind of possible as well. You need to give, they need to give those people below them something to do. But this is a, this is a title that has to be that Britt Baker. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing they need to do. Like that's, that's it. You know, it doesn't take much, does it? You know. Yeah, that's it. There's the lack of TV time, which mm. I don't like the idea of like expanding a rampage or anything else like that. But they like it's you fit this in, and how you do it because as soon as you start putting on dark and dark elevation, the the criticisms will be there. Because this is TBS. It's named after the fucking television network that they're going to be on. But the balance so, is you, you put mm. more like, you know, and that's been the issue over the over yeah. time, hasn't it? Especially through like lockdown and stuff when they didn't have access to the international talent. Do you put segments on Dynamite for the sake of it? And one, drag the yeah. rating down potentially and two, put substandard matches out there that aren't to the mm. level of stuff that should be on Dynamite. It's a, it is a hard balancing act, isn't it? To, to commit to. I suppose so as well. Though it, 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 again, on that sort of forcing the hand a little bit, it, it you know, people will be drawn and people still will watch the you know won't switch the channel off if the characters are compelling, if the storylines are compelling, and there is you know obviously you know work rates one you know one thing. It can't be a match that absolutely shits the bed by any means. Or but if they can actually build storylines and characters that, that that people are interested in and do make you, you you worth watching then then you will stick with it and you will change it you, you won't change the channel and then there's there's more scope for them to then include you know more women's stuff there so it's almost like the onus is on them to some degree to to it's a little bit chicken and egg i suppose in some ways that they've got to develop it and give it that status to then be able to retain it and maintain it on on screen and you know i think they've they've definitely been trying obviously they've put the big emphasis behind jade cargill who's obviously got like natural star quality i think having like serena d be here as like a a genuine heel um you know especially in a, an environment where you've got baker who's a heel but she's not really kind of thing i think that's a that's a definite plus and a, and a bonus to the mm-hmm. uh, to the roster there as well as as well as a lot of the you know the, the younger talents who do seem to be over to you know some degree as well so well, I, th- I think it's there like in in front of them to do something with but it's you know it's all going to boil down to the the execution and um, and again it, it is that kind of you've got to you've almost got to do it to enable it to become bigger and become more established as yeah. well really so you know mm-hmm. then then as long as they do do that, then surely the long-term benefits can only be positive. Definitely. Um, I think... Oh, go on, JP. I was going to make one one point in terms of the storylines. I think the issue they have is 
one thing they've created is they've created their own little universe, pardon the pun, where you understand how people interact with each other. And there's a lot of group dynamics and kind of little sort of, whether it be formal and informal factions. You haven't really got a lot of that on the women's side. No, There's a lot of kind of individuals who come in. So what they need to do is they need to start kind of matching people together in terms of what are the dynamics between a lot of these people, like the dynamics between, I don't know, a red velvet and a ruby Soho. That really isn't there. Whereas on the men's mm. side, there's lots of that stuff. And that stuff is really clearly established. And it's the kind of what you do with the storytelling. And I think that's like, that's why Anna Jay and Tay Conti get over because they're familiar because of Dark Order. So you kind of understand who they are and their roles and why they're and there. Their and do all then, right, they? Yeah. And then you get the relationship between Tay, um, you know, is it, the the tag team between Tay Conti and AJ, you kind of get that stuff. Mm. And I looked for them to be kind of very much faces of this TBS title, people who are going to be kind of constantly around. It's designed for them to give them big moments to prepare them for world title wins. Um, I was going to say, any other highlights of the show? I suppose Arn Anderson threatened to set fire to things. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> What's going Arthur on with this <laughs> I love that. It was fucking great. I, I tell you, I tell you what, what a great, what a great job they've done in a fortnight of making you forget about him. Like been so old that he fell off the ring apron. That like, and they've, they've just totally like flipped it the other way that he could have been, you know, you know that that old man kind of old man falling from the ring. Now he's fucking mm. psycho arm. You know, on Chopper Anderson. Yeah, shooting people and burning shit outside people's houses and things like. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm here for this Arn Anderson, definitely. <laughs> It's fucking great. <laughs> he's not taking Cody's he shit is, either. He's, he's like Eric Barner in the film Chopper. That's what he's doing, he's <laughs> acting like a fucking psychopath around the place. There's He'll pull his dick bit. out in a segment and have fucking steel teeth. It's, it's, no, that's very cool. Cody, had the, Cody had the great line, though, where he was, he was like telling, I, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was, you know, it was when he was trying again to put the tie in or whatever. And he was like, what are you going to do? Shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Your Glock I, was laughing. I, was, I was laughing my head off of that. I was like, oh, great, great line. Uh, yeah, interesting to see where, where that goes. It was always like, obviously, they're building back to, uh, to Alistair Black again. I love that segment with Alistair Black turning up on Dynamite as well. Definitely mm. had a mini heart attack when the lights went out and they came back on just for a moment. It's like, oh, fuck, it's Bray. Like, I honestly, like, at that moment, it's the mask. It's, but I've got to remember. He is the mystical guy at AEW. It's uh, we can be hopeful that uh, that Brian and Braun and whoever else they decide to bring in does not uh, isn't happening anytime soon. Um, but I thought that was good stuff too. Um, so there was the the Punk promo, but we can talk about that, I suppose, with with Rampage in general because I did think over on the Rampage side, I think think that was a uh, that was a big highlight of my week. Punk and Punk and Daniel Garcia really mm. enjoyed the that as a match. I went three point seven five on Grapple. I was kind of hovering between 3.75 and 4 it was much because I enjoyed it so fucking much I, I just couldn't quite justify the the 4 I just enjoyed it be, just being this fun open and match with you know we talked about it on the O&R podcast like how Punk is basically channeling like classic Bret Hart with a bit of a MMA influence these days it's just it's you know I've got some criticism about the the punk run so far but I can't criticize the individual matches I'm a fucking I'm having a great time watching these matches just watching him sell you know the the limb work of uh, of Garcia you know all, all of that in the match and like he's telling like these smart little you know 10 15 minute stories that are you know akin to a Bret Hart where like a little thing that happens early in the match you know pays off later and there's all kinds of like unique, unique little like 
combos in the match and an offense in the match and even pull out a, a pile driver here i love the story of him you know using the anaconda devices like a as another finisher i even thought he looked good in the in the, uh, the tights this time without the uh, the silly bright blue kick pads mm. it was just it was fun to watch to be honest and yeah maybe some of my criticism of uh of punk in aw so far kind of goes on the back burner when a match like this happens and it it is just so fun we also need to remember like this is what his third match back in like seven odd years it's crazy that's pretty insane actually mm-hmm. when you think about it for that um and also as well to mention the promos they did at the beginning with the junior nasty boys comment for <laughs> 2.0 <laughs> that was good and, uh, spot on like mm-hmm. What I kind of, I kind of generally agree with you. Like you kind of, I, I'm more concerned about where the booking could go and whether or not it could be, it could be ambling around and there isn't something of substance. It's not about him being angry per se. It's about him being involved in a substantial feud that kind of means something because that's the kind of wrestler he is and the the promos he is. For the time being, this is if this is him having fun working himself back into kind of ring shape and getting up to speed, then a match like this is, is great. And it kind of adds to this whole idea of Daniel Garcia, who at time of recording, I still haven't seen a Daniel Garcia is all elite thing. And they I really I should sort that out. I haven't seen him win a match, but there is that too. <laughs> like, he wins on matches on dark and dark elevation. Does he? Oh, I've well. still not seen him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he needs a TV but win though. He does. Paul, Paul Lab. He doesn't even need a TV win. And, like he's, I mean, I haven't seen all of his matches this weekend, but like clearly he's someone with like all the talent in the world. It's the fact he's able to do TV matches and do a lot of the crowd pleasing stuff. It's not just stuff that will work in, you know, in front of 500 people on IWTV. It, it's, it's stuff in front of big arenas that are working with a major star. And you think of the people who've wanted to work him. It's like what Moxley worked him. Who else has worked? I know someone's to work him. He's named Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's going to end up working everyone. It's mm-hmm. really, it, it's kind of phenomenal. It's great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. So like I went 3.75 as well. So like mm-hmm. the average on the apps, 3.69. So, you know, we've all gone, you know, slightly, you know, slightly above what the, the, the masses are. But, um, you know, on, on this one, I just, I just loved some of the detail that was in there. You know, yeah. I, I thought I loved, I loved punk selling, uh, like, uh, I, th- I just thought that where he was like, where he was slow getting up, and like there was one where he was like, he was running to the corner for like a jumping knee, and he was he was like slow and laboured with his run, and like I don't know, he's got the grey in the beers and things like that as well, and it's kind of almost like the story, isn't it? As, as, as as well as selling the legwork from Garcia, I think just physically he's selling the you know the the I am I am this you know old older veteran returning to the ring getting myself back in ring shape and you know you know just getting up to speed again and things i thought that what that the the work that punk did from that point of view was was great as well as sort of a, a lot of the detail in some of the early grappling exchanges I, I loved the bit where he hit the pepsi twist and then he had the near fall and then like garcia put his leg behind 
Punk's neck as he kicked out, as if he was going to go and uh, try and oh, stick a submission on, and and and, 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 and Punk move in. It's just a great little, you know, just a great little uh, spot that that one. Yeah, it, this was one where it just from being a little bit down on things from like the Powerhouse Hobbs match was that like a fortnight ago, and that was one that I was a bit left mm. underwhelmed with. This was one where I, I felt like I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I was absolutely kind of just like. You know, captivated. It was so yeah. so compelling, and I'm just trying to think of like other stuff. Like there was, I loved the bit where Garcia went for the single leg, and Punk just hit that huge knee strike to the face. That just looked great. fucking great as well. You know, it was it. They just sort of clicked together, and like Garcia just for his age and just sort of in that you know it, it, it can't okay this is this is rampage and it's a it's a it's a you know match at that you know that level and what it is but it's it's still a decent bit of pressure on the lad and it's still like a big platform to be putting in there to be in there with you know cm punk on you know on tv at, with, with the level of experience he's got but you know he's absolutely like holding up his end of the bargain isn't he when he's put in these situations and and, and it, i sometimes think like it's all well and good being like you know been someone who's hot on the indies and the indie darling and things like that and you know how does it translate to the tv and i just feel like he's someone who is absolutely translating to the tv every time i see him and even some of his like facials and crowd work and things here as well it just it just had that element of kind of you know noticeability and star quality about it and things which which again was just you know really really positive to see so again as well as the match itself delivering i just thought there was just so many just like little elements just kind of smattered around both relating to punk and to, and to garcia that were really positive here and yeah long long may long may continue you know i think if um you know again if this is one where you know if this becomes built in as a, an element of a mini program i'm not all there i'm totally there for it if this is where garcia is just working this type of match with other experienced pros great i'm all for that as well really so it's um mm. it's it's you know, that definitely um, definitely enjoyed that more than I enjoyed anything on, on, on Dynamite as well. You will love the Garcia Alex Shelley match once you get to it. Like that is like right up your street. Very similar to this kind of, you know, veteran versus younger wrestler, both in that one they're kind of both um selling for the majority of the match, but it's just great like detailed technical work in front of, you know, a smaller crowd, so maybe it gets a bit more intricate for that reason mm. and they can got a little bit more like indie creative license. But it was startling to me kind of watching the two matches and just seeing like saying that the majority of stuff still works like in front of this big audience and it in front of like a you know big AW audience and watching it on like, you know, proper TV and a rampage it is great just to see that like daniel garcia kind of just be like this this like out of nowhere you know there's great hope and as far as like indie wrestling goes and as far as someone who can you know deliver you know in in whichever scenario he's in um while i'm here i'll mention i watched the suzuki match as well didn't quite enjoy as much it was more felt that one felt a bit more like suzuki didn't know he was in there with suzuki kind of was pulling him to the outside and making him brawl with him and they eventually got to some technical stuff near the end of the match but you could tell like it was like you know if Suzuki had gone in knowing a bit more about him I think it would have been a better match but that was fun too I mean he's just had a crazy weekend you know you think those two matches yeah the match with uh, with Davey Richards on Sunday night as mm. well uh, the week this lads haven't like yeah I don't know if it's you know, I agree with you, JP. I want to see him get signed by AW, but on the other hand, I kind of like him being this outlier who is able to, you know, fill his weekend. Like, I don't know who said it, but like every weekend for Daniel Garcia right now is like WrestleMania weekend. You know, he's like working yeah. like three or four shows against three or four name value guys. Like, maybe that's better than him being there full time. 
Oh, absolutely. Like that's the thing I think with AEW you can get that Tony Khan would get is this guy needs to be out there, like mm. kind of earning this reputation. You want him to come in as the hottest wrestler on the American Indies. And you can play into that. I think that's a great promotional tool. You have him go and work all of these different places. I think that's like something you would want as part of his contract rather than having him kind of exclusively there for AEW. And I think they they kind of want to do that for a lot of people really is to give them that little bit of license to be able to go go outside of it because i think that's for him and wheelie Utah, for example in the two kind of most obvious um people in recent times and lee moriarty who they now have signed they need that name you don't want them spinning their heels on just doing dark and dark elevation and losing on tv because then it creates you know you're creating that kind of tiering system and he makes them less interesting whereas every time daniel garcia is on there's like this pocket of hardcore wrestling fans who are very aware of how good this guy is and he's 23 he hasn't had a japan tour yet you know there's all that type of stuff that you fit into it you want him to have those kind of runs really as well a uk you know I don't, where could he work other than rev pro but that that type of stuff does he want to does he want to do europe depending on which place he's going to be able to go to work as well mm-hmm. so yeah i wouldn't say like you know have him there, have him under the contracts. Like what um, we'd said about Adam Cole, and we got that massively right by not putting him in the company for like 18 months. You said it, not <laughs> me. <laughs> you were having him go and do indie runs in PWG and Ring of Honor. <laughs> oh, I was all for that as well. I, yeah. I just didn't want him in there, but yeah. Ah, he was always going to be this old. Hold the hands like, up. I, I think for Garcia and, like, say, Moriarty, Wheelie, you have this. Like, let them go and make their names on the indies. It'll make them better workers. It makes them better prospects. It'll keep them happier. It keeps things fresh. Like, and you, and you know, you know what's good. Like Benno talked about him not winning. You know, matches on on. I haven't even seen him win on like, the indies. <laughs> I haven't seen him uh, win. I don't think ever. <laughs> and, 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 and like, and, and to me, there with the the TV stuff, it doesn't matter because what he's doing now is memorable. Obviously, he's working mm. with big names when he is on TV, and he's been putting into these noticeable things. And he is the sort of person that they could you know, not have on Dynamite or Rampage for five months, six months, and then he comes back and then he maybe does win one or he wins a couple or something, you know, and then he's building his experience elsewhere, you know, elsewhere and just, just, just being in that name. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be rushed, but he is somebody when he does get back on TV and things like that, people are going to remember because they're going to remember, mm-hmm. the, you know, working with Punk or they're going to remember him working with Danielson or Moxley or, or, or whoever. And then, you know, you'll sort of like see that like elevation in the, in, in the character and that, that freshening up of him really. So, Mm. It just, they just they just seem to be handling him perfectly. I think he's he's just someone who they've they've just they've, they've clearly they, they clearly know what they've got with him kind of thing, and then you know they're just they're, they're just treating him perfect in the way that they're positioning. Him. And the two point partnership shouldn't work, but it's fucking great. I don't yeah. know why. Like it it shouldn't work. It's not a natural combination. You kind of think of them together, but what they're doing is is they're kind of experienced TV performers at this point, or certainly practicing for TV. And it, and they're helping with, I think, that characterization stuff and kind of getting getting that crowd reaction on the outside. Because whenever they've got involved in the outside of stuff, it's always fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, they're a very easy tag team to enjoy. And if you ever bring in that US tag team title division after this TBS title division, they're the kind of team that you, you want to have kind of around on there. Like, I again, not a team I expected to like when they were released from WWE, but my God, like, 
they've they've come in and they've just fit a role kind of perfectly and yeah. i think even punk, yeah. punk seem to love kind of interacting with them as well yeah I, I think that i i think i yeah, I think they're a team who they they almost like they almost perform as if they're perf- performing in front of a three hundred you know mm. person crowd or something like that. But it, then it translates up to the TV in the in in the way that they again with their facials and their crowd work and things like that. It's almost like you know it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Whereas you know the, the these are ones where working in that style, it's 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 absolutely worked for them because yeah, they were someone who you know you looked at in the first instance when they're leaving WWE and you were thinking what value is there in these but they've managed to create a massive amount of value in themselves by you know we talked about on the own art podcast um, about people being giving something and then grabbing as much mileage from it as they possibly could these lads have been given an inch and they've taken a mile haven't they and it's led to them getting more you know more bookings and more TV time and things and like fair fair fucks to them on um, Punk I was going to say, just to throw one negative in there, I'm sick of the promos. <laughs> like I'm loving the matches. Yeah. I hated the segment on Dynamite. I can't abide this. Oh, am I gonna am I gonna do a stage dive again? Stuff like it's unless he's playing up to it because he's about to like turn heel or some heel's gonna like be in the crowd and strangling him and get him into serious punk. That stuff needs to stop. Like I, yeah. the the. the for all like the positives, I'll throw up Punk and Garcia, and you know he's working Matt Sydal on Rampage next week. The thing that is still in the back of my head: CM Punk's third match shouldn't be on Rampage in front of five hundred thousand people. <laughs> I just I, I I can't get away from that feeling of like it should feel more grandiose that CM Punk is in there and wrestling. Like I'm I'm trying to be patient. I'm still expecting you know. A few ticker. We all thought the Team Taz thing was going to be something. It wasn't, was it? It was one and done. I don't think we're going back to that. Like, I, I, I just want a main, like a, a heavy duty mainstream big few for Punk for the pay per view. I don't know where it's coming from. He seems to be having a great time doing this. He's outright going on Twitter and, you know, fighting back against people like me who are saying that and saying, you know, he's telling a, a different kind of story. He's telling the story he wants to tell us, you know, this veteran work and all these young guys. But I don't know. I It's a great plan B and I'm enjoying it, but it wouldn't be me plan A. It wouldn't be me optimum for Punk. And I do hope mm. before the pay-per-view we're getting somebody or something with him like Cody would be a perfect view for him I heard Todd Martin say that at the weekend like I'd love that mm. I don't think that's coming with Cody being tied up with Tommy End we all kind of expected MJF but I don't think that's happening with Darby Allen. I wonder what his direction is going to be for the pay-per-view or if it's going to be you know these really fun little matches and these kind of nerdy little probos and a few commentary appearances is that like you know what the next month of, uh, of Punk's AW schedule continues to look like I think we're leading up to the point where someone's going to cut a promo on him saying, what are you doing? What is this version of CM Punk? And like the thing that kind of makes him get angry. I think in probably a real sense, the reason he doesn't want to be thrown into these big feuds, like you say, it's not the story he particularly wants to tell, but also I'd imagine he, given the perfectionist he kind of is, he doesn't want to be going straight into big main event matches and yeah, feuds. He wants to kind of feel his way it? back in. Yeah, It is. <clears throat> and it's difficult because we're not patient. And sometimes you need to catch when you've got the chance to catch lightning in a bottle. Do you really want to go with it and have like the kind of biggest storylines and, and, and all the rest of it? I think there's still loads and loads of fascinating stuff you could do. It's just that you want him to get into a serious storyline. So you're thinking of someone who could 
like deliver that kind of promo battle that isn't say an MJF who's already obviously tied up with Darby Allen going into into full gear. Who else are you going to put in that role? I mean, Ricky Starks would seem like the kind of natural fit, really, wouldn't he? He was conspicuous in his absence during all of the team tag stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I didn't know if he was injured again or if they were just taking time, you know, that that, that type of stuff as well. Yeah, it, it's, it is. I, I don't like these like promos like you. I kind of felt like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, right, I'm kind of done with this. I'd sooner have him come out, do the pop, go and do commentary. Yeah. I like him on commentary. I really enjoy him on commentary. If you're not going to have him in the, in the ring or have something, a segments leading to like a kind of meaningful storyline. I'd sooner prefer him go on to um, on to uh, just on to commentary because it just comes across as pandering, and it's the kind of stuff that grows very tedious very quickly because it's effectively, you know, it, it feels like you know Mick Foley turning up and doing the kind of easy <laughs> yeah. pop stuff that you would have had in in WWE. It's it's like yeah, it's a slightly nicer version and a cooler version of that, but it's effectively that. That's what we're knows, getting at the moment. Like that's what I'm thinking, Gareth. Yeah. Oh, Does he, he know? Is he is he playing into it? Is he like, you know, because he even had a line, didn't he, this week? Are you sick of it yet? Type of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a part of me thinking, oh, it must be. It's gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off. Yeah, he's it savvy was- enough. He's savvy enough. He knows the score. Like he he absolutely knows the score. And and even if certain things weren't, you know, planned. You know, you you feel you know he's going to feel it when he's out there and things. He's going to feel like the different crowd reactions and and and, and things. So, you know, is uh, is someone that you always feel like he's he's had that. Whether he's been given the freedom for it or not, he's always had that kind of creative mindset, obviously, and knowing where he wants to go with his character and been very kind of you know tight about who his character is and things like that. So, you know, there's the. There's not a second for me that doesn't think that as he leans into things like this more and more that there is a there is a direction to it. But you know, it does it does feel a bit dull like <laughs> these days. You know, when he's he's coming out doing this, the one I want to see him with, I think, I, I think you know, we talk about him like working with these young lads and things. The the one who I think could like maybe shake it out of him is is Moxley. Like for for me, that's mm-hmm. one that I'm just as I, as I look at them and I think like, what's he tied up with at the minute? Sure, he doesn't yeah. seem to have a, a lot on his plate. I just think of those two having a pro battle I think about their in-ring stuff there's a bit of history there and things like that they just seem like a natural pair to throw to, to together within these circumstances currently and obviously he's got the um you know he's got the Rene relationship as their you know their friends you know you, it's clear that you know from podcasts and things that he's spent time with Moxley and things like that so you know I'm certain they would have been like getting their heads together over, you know just when they're uh you know, in each other's company and things, and planning out possible routes for them to be to be doing stuff as well. So, I think that's one that I sort of feel excited with because Moxley kind of feels a little bit in no man's land to me as as well, really. So that mm. kind of almost feels like a, a natural something, and you could see that Moxley being the sort of person who he doesn't necessarily have to be a heel either to be challenging Punk and kind of provoking a bit more out of him, and you know that old you know that old old character as well, and obviously. Than, than being able to go stand up on the mic um, opposite him and things like that. So you know that's that, that's a direction I'd like to to see that go. But there's a, I'm certain there's a plan. I'm I'm confident that they're not just going to bring yeah. CM Punk back and not be you know four weeks down the line or five weeks down the line not knowing necessarily um, you know what what direction they're taking. They fucking know what he's doing at full gear. 
Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And hopefully yeah, it'll start to, to take shape. And like I said, we've still got four weeks, so there's time. Mm. Uh, I mean, and even if it, you know, I'm, I think that's more and more worry. Is it going to be the next pay-per-view cycle? And it's like, okay, I don't know how much more this happy punk I can take. But yeah. Moxley makes sense now that you say it. And Moxley has been yeah. putting a couple of promos where there's been a couple of, you know, when Punk first came in, there was a couple of bobs in there, wasn't there? And, you know, the promo on Dynamite we didn't mention where he was, you know, just talking about being, um, you know, having a, a, a three-month-old at home and how much of a nightmare it was. You know, he's kind of, you know, a little bit wound up and a little bit narky. You could see that, like, leading into something. He, let, he cut loose some steam this fucking weekend, didn't he? He did. He Much did. to his wife's chagrin, who <laughs> is quite fun to follow during that. <laughs> um, I'll tell, tell, tell you what, though. You mentioned Ricky Starks there. Yeah, yeah. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a... Um, I don't know if this is a controversial take or not, but this is something that I've kind of just been sitting on for about a month or so and just <laughs> thinking about, like, oh, I'll just g- give this bit, bit of time. I'm just not sold on him. I just, he seems to be one who, he, you know, gets a lot of roses thrown at him online and, you know, people talking about, you know, him as why wasn't he one of the four pillars and, you know, and people talking about him being a potential, you know, superstar for the future and things like that. And, I just, he just, he just doesn't connect with me. He just doesn't like, he just doesn't come across as having like anything beyond capable mid card guy, you know, level of charisma even. And that's supposed to be one of the things that, you know, everyone talks about as a positive with him. Like they've had him filling in on commentary a couple of weeks in the, in the, in the last month. And, Apart from maybe two instances when they've been, you know, it's been during the commercial break stuff when they've been having a little bit more fun, he kind of just hasn't seemed confident. He hasn't come across like huge, I don't think, on the on on the commentary. His sound has been a bit like nondescript, and in, in, in a lot of what he's been saying there, I thought, you know, in ring on, you know, this match in particular, but you know, other recent recent matches. I, I don't. I, I don't get it. I don't see what the buzz is about him. Like to me, like like to me, he's he's someone where if you if you turn around and you told me he's going to be one of these homegrown AEW stars in three or four years' time, I just to to, to me is miles behind a lot of uh, other lads on the card, and I, I, I don't ever see him getting beyond that. I, I think he's you know, I, to me, he feels like his futures. Tag team wrestler in three in three three years time or something. I certainly don't see him threatening the top end of the card. And sometimes you read stuff online that is, you know, is the the charisma next levels and he could be yeah like well, next he rock. Yeah, yeah. He thinks that more you than anyone. <laughs> you know, clearly he dresses you know, clearly, in that way. Clearly, that's something polo that, 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 that you read, and it's a bit like pinch of salt and things. Obviously, nobody's nobody's the fucking next rock and things. But like, God, I don't like. He's not even the next D'Lo Brown for me. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, oh. I, I've definitely like I, since he's came back, I've been waiting for him to hit again. Like, I think my faith in him I've had in the past, which a lot of it came from like his NWA promos and from the couple of promos he cut when he did the like the Cody challenge and stuff. But I've kind of been waiting to kind of you know be blown away again and to get back on the the Ricky Starks train and obviously he was out for for a good while and he he's starting to get going again and I don't particularly think the FTW titles really you know it's a bit of a poison chalice really it's another belt and it's one that doesn't mean a fucking thing unless you're a, a big Taz from from the mid 90s it's a if anything just a bit silly and walking around with that thing like it like it's uh, important he does walk a line with me I do 
definitely you know rate them higher than than yourself as far as like uh, charisma goes and i've overall enjoyed this stuff on commentary he does venture a lot into budget rock like it was one thing when it felt like oh he's reminding me a little bit like of rock from like the the 90s like nation rock and then you know, sometimes he crosses that line into like, no, he's clearly just trying to be 90s Nation Rock. Like, he's dressing exactly like him. His mannerisms are the same. He's clearly a massive fan of him. And he does maybe sometimes step a, a too, bit too far down down that line. But I've still got faith he'll come good. I, I could, I, to be honest, I could more see him at the top of the card than I could see Jungle Boy, you know, to compare it to the conversation we were having Ooh. earlier. Um, it, I don't know, I can picture it more easily, to be honest, um, with him having... You know, at least for me, you know, the promos there. Where do you want him, JP? I kind of feel that the issue has been that he's been tied up with this Brian Cage stuff for a really long time. That when he won that match in Austin to win the FTW title, there was the chance to kind of do something because it felt like he was back from his neck injury. So there's been a lot of stalling on this run as much as anything else. And that's not helped, and particularly kind of in ring, when he should have been out there doing a lot more, like kind of having a few more wrestling a few more different opponents and whatnot and just seeing because it's hard to get a gauge on how good he is i think there's there's definite potential like you know there's a but at the same time it's you know it's not like mjf is working to that kind of main event level there's still a couple of things that are kind of missing but again he's a young guy he's worth taking the punt on i just think you want to see if he sinks or swim to put him in a meaningful feud i don't know maybe matt hardy that might work Please don't say that. There's one. There's one for it to get excited about. Better. We'll get him on telly. <laughs> That's a guarantee. Isn't it? Four times a fucking. Oh week. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know about that. Uh, what What did you think of the cage match? Like, I, cage is one I'm definitely low on. Like, I I thought he was gone, and I was glad he was gone. I've got no time for. Brian is he cage. gone now? I hope so. Because like, what's he got to offer? He's got oh, muscles. Sick. That's it. That's it. Like, uh, the, the, there's nothing else. Does some fun, does some fun moves. Like, plenty of people on the roster yeah. can do that. I don't. I don't know. I, I think if you're making room for new signings, I think Brian Cage is one of my first people to go. Um, I didn't love this match yeah. as much as like I think I went three stars on Grapple, and it was purely for you know the effort they put in and the bumps they took in it, rather than actually being mm. engaged in it. Really. Two point seven five. I I, was, I didn't really like this too much. Although I thought the last shot of Ricky Starks at the top of the ramp with the blood on his face that was being good. kind of carried out. I thought that was a good final shot, but that shouldn't be what you take away from a wrestling match, really, is it? Um, this isn't Austin versus Brett um, as much as anything else. It it, it 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 felt like this feud was over, so we've kind of gone back to it for no real reason. And Philly Street Fight is just kind of yeah, it's obvious pat pandering to the crowd ECW and things like that and I'm very tired of that at this stage of my wrestling fandom the, I, I went three stars as well I probably should have gone less but I get hundreds it up slightly for uh, when Hook hit, hit Cage in the nuts yeah. and Taz said <laughs> there's your gob- there's your common Geary right in the nuts <laughs> <laughs> he's so proud of his voice that, that was uh, that was that was worth the extra five for that line from Taz but yeah this this just it put, it just was dull to me. It just adds, add nothing. I'm looking at it now. I'm thinking, why did I go three stars on this? I was just been, mm. I was just been polite, probably more than anything. This was less than this was polite this was to a, Brian Cage. This was this was a two and a half star match. Like yeah, mm. 
Yeah, it was kind of like, ah, oh, the, the lads put some work in and they took some bumps and, you know, one of them juiced a gush Ah, yeah, well, I'll give them three stars. That was kind of my thought as well, whereas in reality, yeah, just wasn't taken by it. Um, any other thoughts on, on Rampage or AW in general? I thought that acclaimed Lucha Brothers match was shit as well. Like, I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I went low on that. <laughs> It, it just two looked, and a half on that. I think. Uh, it was just it just felt like so clunky and just overly contrived in so many places where it felt like in slow motion at parts where they were just doing some mm. stuff. And I'm thinking, don't don't do that if it needs that level of setup and you know slow build up to be able to then do the thing that gives you the end result. Like it just just didn't work for me at at all. And like I love the Lucha Brothers as much as the next person, but this was, you know, this wasn't a good match for them. It wasn't a good pairing at, at, at all, and it just—I mean, ultimately, it was just a—it's a win on your in, on your you know title run when you've when you've got the belts. But uh, again, this was this was one where having like started the show off pretty positive on the Punk Garcia stuff, second half of the show just really you know <laughs> felt like it went a bit downhill for me really from, from this match onwards um because you know at the end of the day you know the jay cargill stuff was it was just a squash wasn't it and that's fine kind of thing because it just gets a you know as they've been doing just continue to just get her over as this 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 monster threat but really probably i was expecting a bit more out of the lucha brothers match and probably expecting a bit more about out, out of the main event as well really so yeah it didn't didn't quite um quite live up to the opening this show well, while we're on Lucha Brothers, I mean, I just put to the chat what we should talk next, and yes, they were pretty much unanimously said Mox and Gage and GCW. We'll uh, we'll do that in a in a second. Um, Andy wants Deathmatch Benno. You might be disappointed, lads, but we'll get we'll get get into that. But while we're talking Lucha Brothers, just very quickly because I don't think it'll take us long. Mm. That is all I saw of the uh, the Triple H pay per view. I'm assuming you did too, JP. The uh, the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, that's all with, I saw. Uh, like ugh, God, with Vikingo and El Rey. Seen it all before, mate. Yeah, it was. It was it's. I think it's a lucha problem as well. Though when I watch lucha, it's just like it's like an like a I don't know impenetrable wall of noise of like horns and fans. So you can't really keep yeah. reacting to any individual spot. The spots mm. are just happening. <laughs> they just ha- there's a million things happening yeah. in the match, and you know a lot of them are really fucking cool. Um, you know Phoenix and Pentagon. The King nearly so. killed himself on that mad oh, backflip. He landed on Pentagon and he, the four fifty off when he leaped, leaped from the top rope onto the middle oh. rope and ended up. Uh, we should give like fuck. full credit, yeah, because it was like a. I think we're talking about the same. It was like an Asai moon salt, but it was a four fifty to yes. the outside, <laughs> like and backwards. Like yeah. that's how fucking nuts that lad is. Like he. We say it every time we we talk Triple A belongs on TV. Like as soon as Tony Khan can get his work visa, he needs to be in. Hey, he might be one of the two mass lads who are coming uh, on Dynamo. But then again, the uh, the post match angle might say otherwise. Um, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong; there were a lot of like fun spots like that in the match. But I don't know. I gave it three and a half stars and was just like, yeah, that happened in front of me. There were some flips. It was cool to see Phoenix and Pentagon be so over in uh, in Mexico. Like their story is incredible. You know the fact that they you know they went to Lucha Underground somehow used that to get themselves over, got themselves over on the Indies, and now they're like the two of the biggest stars in Mexico. I think that's that's really cool. Oh. But you know, it was a spot fest, wasn't it? Um, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was what it. If I if I describe this match to you, Gareth, like if you imagine this match in your head, that's what it was. Just imagine Vikingo doing some <laughs> nutty shit. Imagine Penta and Phoenix doing some crazy spots. You've seen it, mate. <laughs> You've seen yeah. this match. 
And imagine a terrible referee going down for the slowest three counts, which kind of ruins the moments as well. So that's, that's normally one of the other tropes, unfortunately, of AAA and, and Lucha some, a lot of the times. I, I agree with you for that. Like, There's a lot of this I've kind of already seen, mm. of like 3.75. What I would say about the Lucha brothers, and I noticed this on um, Rampage as well, they are fucking over. Yeah. Like, they're getting some massive pops now. And they were getting one here, and they got one there at the weekend. And it does make you think like they're a team that it should be a substantial reign, this one that they have as tag team champions. It needs to be kind of one that, like, we're certainly involved in a feud. I mean, it would seem proud and powerful is the kind of direction that they want to go in, as well as possibly the, the pinnacle as well. But yeah, this match, like, I, I want to see Vikingo on TV. I'll be interested to see if they do the Dragon Lee. Drillistico team. I haven't seen Drillistico wrestle, by the way. Which one is that? Which one's a... Drillistico explaining to me? I don't know. I honestly <laughs> is he the don't. One? Is he the Mystico one? No, he isn't. He's is another one. Is he? Okay. Yeah, right. he's former CMLL. Because they like came out after the match, match, didn't they, and challenged them, which yeah. indicates they're probably going to be under are those two masked men well, on Dynamite. And Dragon Lee's in Ring of Honor. Mm. Which oh, does yeah. create one. Not for a long amount of time, but does create an interesting scenario. If you were going to try and go to story, but you wouldn't be able to get me, you go Dragon Lee and Roosh, wouldn't you? But mm. Roosh isn't masked. So could it be these lads? Possibly. Mm. Like, I think it's, again, the kind of thing that if you put it on a Dynamite or a Rampage, it adds to the whole variety show aspect of you getting kind of, well, really authentic Lucha Libre. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And like I say, as much as like you know, the match was a spot fest, and it was just a chaotic twenty minutes of moves in front of your face. You you do put that on Dynamite, it would slay, wouldn't it? It would still, yeah. you know, it would kill like from a live perspective. And you know, as happened with this, you know, people will be throwing gifts on Twitter of whatever nutty thing uh, Vikingo did or or whatever. Apparently, um, Chris Lene said in the chat there, uh, Dragistico was the first Dragon Lee and second Mystico. <laughs> <laughs> but not the oh, Mystico we know. But not the Dragon Lee we also know. <laughs> I'm not going down that fucking Caristico, Mystico, Mr. C's wormhole on here. We'll try and do it. Much. If he turns up on Dynamite, we'll try then, JP. You can get your history book out. Yeah. Um, Why not? Fun three no. and a half stars, yeah. that match. Uh, you know, you don't yeah. necessarily need to see it, but it was, uh, wasn't like a waste of a time either. Did, did you not bother with anything else on the show then, JP? Yeah. Any no, other scoop I, I didn't get around to it. Did you do anything else, Nussie? Do you know what? I don't even know. That's fucking crazy. I'll have to have a look. God, now you. What happens me. when they don't have an American uh, <laughs> broadcast? Then you have to uh, <laughs> because the shipping. Well, that's it. Mm. And there was one match that we said we were interested in, and that's mm. pretty much the match that we watched, wasn't it? That's what we ended up like going towards. Let me see if I can find it on here at the moment. Triple mm. um, A. Where are you, fucker? <laughs> Sorry, I'm at, on the results here, and I can't. It's brilliant audio. This here we go. I didn't go. care that much. <laughs> well, you caught me obviously at a moment. The camera's off for a fucking reason. That's why you put me under pressure here, folks. Um, so Even having a look at the, the rest of the stuff here, Lempressa beat. Oh right, Dave the Clown and Psycho Circus. Who's there was Dave no the monster clown? clown. There is a bloke called Dave the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> It's best not, not to really. think about it, mate. When, yeah. when I was put, when I was putting on the app, this on the app, I was curious about this because it was like Psycho Circus, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown, and it was and Dave the Clown, and I was <laughs> and like, Dave. oh, why is, I was like, why is why is Dave not allowed to be in with Murder and Psycho? Like, why is he <laughs> like like why is he why is he not part of the gang? You're right, lads. I'm Psycho. 
That's Bond's no murder. That's Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing other than the uh, no, the, the um, is it uh, nuevo poder de nueve. Oh, I fucking got it wrong. Are you saying goodbye? Del Norte. It was a <laughs> six man, the new six-man show that came in. The new the new six-man team. They won. And Triple I fucking wish I hadn't bothered looking now. The waste of my time and everyone else's. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Repeat it on the air, the daily update. Yeah, Triple I. There you go, Triple I. It's your window into Triple A every now and then. But yes, as the uh, as the chat has, uh, has, has mentioned, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I suppose we did get one vote for MLW from Dylan JP, so maybe we can uh, we can do that next. Uh, hey. Don't think it'll take long either. But um, <laughs> there has been uh, some talk of uh, of Mox and uh, Gage and uh, GCW from this weekend. Um, is that all you guys saw from the show, just that match? Did anyone watch anything else? Yes. Didn't no. bother with the rest. I watched the opener. No, that was it. Leo Rush, Alexander, Ninja Mac did some crazy shit. Ninja Briscoe's Mac is very up. exciting. Yeah, Briscoe's turned up. That was cool. Second time in a week, I got some classic um, from different eras, Ring of Honor music. And, uh, and Give Me Back My Bullet by uh, Leonard Skinner. Um, and that was, it was a funny moment because nobody in that GCW crowd, like, I don't, I think there were some people, but there were definitely people too young to recognise that theme. And it was when they came out, was, oh yeah, Ring of Honor champion Jay Briscoe and, uh, and his brother Mark coming out there. Um, that was cool. Like, I don't know how much I particularly want to see them wrestle the second gear crew. I don't think, I, I saw the spoiler before I saw the show that the Briscoes were coming in and I was like oh that's cool Briscoes in GCW you know you don't you don't see them outside of like the Ring of Honor environment enough whenever they've done like New Japan and stuff that's always been it's just interesting to see them outside of that and you you know would like to see them in other interesting places as well and GCW sounds like a place that would fit that once they did recognise who it was the place did come unglued and then you think yeah but who are they going to wrestle <laughs> like it's not like GCW is like loaded with all these killer well, wrestles in general, but tag teams. It's, it's like maybe do some uh, some hodgepodge teams of uh, of the likes of Chris Dickinson and the other um, actual good wrestlers on in this promotion. But yeah, uh, there's not many. No, there's not many, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, still cool though. Briscoe's outside of ROH, and imagine they're doing that because uh, they did announce here as well the uh, the show coming up in Hammerstein, uh, in Hammerstein and uh, or Hammerstein, depending on how you want to pronounce it, in uh, in New York as well. No blood for that as well because um, of the New York uh, State Athletic. <laughs> So good luck, GCW. Um, I assume it's going to be a load of wear crate matches. I don't know. A lot of Jordan Oliver and Alex Zane on that undercard, I'm guessing. Nick Gage, pure rules. I'm going. <laughs> Gresham's coming next, yeah. And Briscoe's first. Yeah. Next. The ROH uh, invasion. Well, we've got a lot of wacky matches. We might as well go with Gresham versus Nick Gage. Mm. That's it. And to be fair, pure they've rules. done a lot of like WrestleMania weekends where it's been clearly like we we've definitely done wrestlemania weekends we've covered jp we've gone yeah. why aren't they gcw doing a death match show and it's probably because of commission type stuff isn't it and you know i'm sure they can lean into the memes and lean into effie and, and matt cardona and the like and they'll sell that thing out to two thousand people i'm sure it's you know it feels like for the faults of the product a hop you know a hot promotion right now which i wouldn't have said wrestlemania weekend like they have you know these last few months seemingly you know through the use of macardona and through you know as we're going to talk about now you know utilization of uh of moxie and the like they do seem to have gotten a little bit of their their steam back and have, you know uh, they're doing good attendances and yeah i can't i can't like have any doubt they're gonna fill that up in uh, in new york yeah it's an expensive building though isn't it mm. that's the only thing so like they're gonna it they're thinking big I mean, if you think about them in terms of like attendance and stuff, they beat Impact, they beat MLW, they beat 
Ring of Honor, mm. like on the reg. They're the ones, you know, I heard Mike Sempervivi say today, the number three promotion in America. And it's kind of hard to disagree with that. Like the regularity with which they run and they're running in front of fans mm. and they've got that kind of rabid, hardcore fan base. As a touring they promotion to, as well. Yeah, it's a touring promotion. Prazak and commentary is very, very good for me. That's, mm. you know, I can't stand listening to Kevin Gill, but if he's being pushed to the sideline and it's Prazak who's actually calling the action, then I'm more than happy with that. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a funny, pro- it's never a promotion I'm going to fall in love with. Yeah, you know, I, they are they are who they are, mm. and I kind of enjoy dipping in and out. I'd like to go to a GCW show. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Well, that's it. I kind of like watching this show. I watched Leo Rush, Alex Zane, and Ninja Mac, and it was a fun, fluffy spots best. It was exactly what it needed to be. Ninja Mac is so entertaining. Like he's just like Jim Cornette's nightmare. It's flips for the sake of flips. He must do forty cartwheels before he'll do like a suicide. That like every movie does. Just imagine he's done forty cartwheels before it. That's pretty much what what Ninja Mac does. Um, and Leo Rush looked good in it as well. It was a bit of a. It felt like a fluff finish. Like Leo Rush was supposed to be making the uh, the save. I think for Alex Zane pinning Ninja Mac and didn't quite make it up. If it was a work, it was a very well done work. But it kind of took the steam out of the finish a little bit because I think people were expecting him to to break it up and. He, he didn't either for shoot or non-shoot reasons. I watched a bit of Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie against uh, Joey Janela and Marco Stump, but that kind of fell apart in the middle. And then, yeah, you know, these undercards are rough. I'd read reviews and I'd looked at Grapple and you see the ratings and there was nothing remotely looking good. I tuned in for a bit of Effie and Matt Cardona, you know, the stuff with, uh, oh, with, uh, with Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green at the end. But I did get some entertaining value out of that. Um, and, you know, him treating it like, you know, like he's a... Uh, you know, this whole, like, you know, he's a, he's a WWE superstar thing. It has worked for Matt Cardona in GCW. Is, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give all the... You can give all the praise to, to Moxley coming in and, you know, improving the houses and creating a bit of buzz around this promotion, and that's definitely true. But in the meantime, you know, Matt Cardona and his stuff with Nick Gage has definitely, you know, sold out a couple of buildings as well. Um, he was just in there with Effie, which tells you about the uh, the strength of depth of uh, <laughs> the other top baby faces in this promotion. And yeah, once I'd seen that, I watched a bit of uh, Shane Mercer and, and Yo-Yo. Again, Shane Mercer's a GIF wrestler. If you've seen him do his spots in GIF form on Twitter, you've seen his matches. They're all very impressive. You know, he's doing stuff like fall away slams with Yo-Yo in his arms and all kinds of, you know, crazy, you know, strength spots, just like launching him around the place and diving all over the place. He's a, like I say, a gift wrestler if you've, if you've, if you've ever seen one, but you know, that was fun as well, but it did feel like a one match show. Um, and that's what it was. It was all about, you know, the main event. I enjoyed them getting Foley out there. Um, I think that, you know, it's underrated how big a part Foley had in making Ring of Honor kind of, I don't know, credible as a place to go and work, mm. maybe, or 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 a wrestling promotion to watch in the mid two thousands. Like there was a point where you know he, he'll say himself, he was just watching the DVDs and he became a fan of Punk and became a fan of Joe and you know he'll say for a reduced rate but i'm sure he still got paid he came in and did a, a few shows with roh wouldn't go as far as working a match with joe although they built a bit of a feud and they have a bit of a showdown on shows but you know he was definitely a gateway to a lot of people coming into watching roh in those days did the same thing a little bit in tna although you know that run was a little bit even more all over the place and a bit more uh stop start i think he was world champion at one point wasn't he jp or at least he was a champion of yeah. some sort uh, but he did kind of a similar job there and yeah gcw is a 
promotion that kind of fits Foley, I think, and is you know as aesthetic mm. as you know King of the Death matches and and the like. I think yeah, uh, you know he was he was over, and if they can bring him out in New York as well, I think he'll uh, he'll sell some more tickets there too. But yeah, he was on commentary for for this main event, Moxley, Gage, and. Yeah, I was going to ask what you think of it. I think I know <laughs> what you think about it. I've seen some uh, some graphic ratings there. I mean, I think people are going to be expecting me to say I loved it. I didn't really. I the spectacle of it, I loved. It felt big. You know, from the entrances, it felt big when Gage came out. Felt even bigger when Moxie came out to his old uh, CZW theme. Moxie was well up for it, you know, for whatever reason, this is just shit he, he really enjoys doing to, you know, the terror of Renee um, at home. And as Foley felt like he was shooting on commentary, the, uh, you know, the disappointment of AEW probably wish they could tell him a little bit more forcefully what he can do and what he can't do. And I feel like it, it was good as far as death matches go, but I don't know. It didn't feel like anything special as far as death matches go either. It was kind of like... It started well with the story of you know Gage hitting Moxley over the head with the with the light tubes and you know trying to gay you know Moxley essentially enjoying it and you know snapping back into that old school CCW Moxley and going toe to toe with Gage. But I don't know. It was very you know I'll say it before you know the, the my turn your turn death matches are the, are the worst kind of death matches. There were little bits where it felt a bit like that and. I don't know whether it was the commentary because the commentary kind of tripped over the finish um, in that like Prezak wasn't entirely sure if it was the finish or not because Foley had kind of like it was like a superplex wasn't it and Foley had kind of sold it, it as a like, paradigm shift yeah yeah supposed to be a paradigm shift right? I don't know felt more you know it looks like a suplex a lot of the time doesn't Gage, it Gage kind of over rotated and Foley seemed confused by it Foley was just a bit like oh Moxley's clearly taking more of that and then he rolled over yeah. and he pinned him and it was over and it was like I was expecting another ten minutes. Like I thought there was you know, we were gonna you know, there was there was another level of like story to this match and there was gonna be like another level of violence and it was gonna be Yeah, from mm. there again. Maybe it was the commentary, but yeah, I gave it three and a half on grapple and that felt a bit generous really. Like I saw higher ratings on there. I've seen lower ratings too, which we can talk about. But yeah, I was expecting it to be, you know, with all the build up and all of the, you know, the the, the the story and the cachet and the and the wait for this big match. You know, it was a perfectly fine death match, but dunno, I was expecting something a little bit more uh, special than what we got. Go on, Gareth. <laughs> 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 well, hang on. what did you give it, JK? Come on, I saw you gave I, it three I've stars. actually just amended my rating from three down to two and a half. Oh, you because can't. one of the things I kind of thought was it was pedestrian. It was really like well, Chris said like, in the chat. I love the entrances it was just going, and then it just ended. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I, I'm not. This is I, I, I say it every single time. It's not for me. Death matches. It just simply isn't for me. Three. That felt like a JP five. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> he must really have done did. Something to impress you. I I think I just went three. I mean, partly like the, 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 there was the, the the whole spectacle, and then there's the gauge stuff at the end, which is the obvious crowd pleasing element to it. But watching it, I felt kind of bored at points. I was like, sort of, I, I, it just sort of went into various stunts involving the other stuff, and I thought it started off well. Like as soon as he hit him with the um the light tubes at the very beginning, I thought, oh great, it's gonna kind of really kick off. But it never really happened. Mm-hmm. And like like say all the stuff at the finish kind of left me feeling quite flat. And 
there wasn't anything post-match. So you're like, right, where do we go from here? Other than Gage wants another title shot. But Yeah, I thought know, he'd win. I was convinced he was going to win. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, I, I, yeah, I get limited enjoyment from these things at the best of times, but this this was kind of dull. And I don't often think that about like kind of death matches. I'm normally quite horrified if anything else and like quite turned off by the whole experience because I'm just a wuss in my, in this day and age. Whereas like this, you know, was, it was quite dull. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I went further, further lower than that. I was, it was a two star match for me. And you didn't go a quarter, mate. I'll take two. <laughs> Two's a real right. <laughs> Like, I don't want to just become a caricature who just like <laughs> just uh, has a go at Nick Gage every time and and things like that. You know, I genuinely was like going into it thinking, okay, I'm going to watch this and treat it on its on its merits for the match that it is. It's been something that's been built well. You know, the storyline and things have have been you know built with the interweaving of the Cardona stuff. The Cardona stuff is probably the most interested I've been in GCW storyline-wise or, of you know, things that I've got a bit of a kick out of and, and enjoyed more in the, you know, in the in the last 12 months. You know, is over. Obviously, is over. The crowd's there. It's a decent crowd there. You know, I love John Moxley. But it's just dull. It was, as dull. it was just dull as dishwater. I was absolutely bored out of my fucking mind. It's like it's like you've got these two guys who, you know, it's John Moxley. It's it's fucking John Moxley, isn't it? It's it's Nick Gage. It's the king of the death matches. It's the guy who's got all the buzz for this kind of a matches. Like, where's the innovation? Where's the you know something that's just a bit like wild and different than we haven't seen before that's just something that's just gonna you know get somebody like who like me who loves wrestling to see something that just makes me just like engage or just be like oh fucking hell that was amazing or fucking hell that was disgusting or something like that like i shouldn't be sitting there watching a match like this just been like stone face just like huh and here we go. He's hitting with the light tube. And oh, here we go. You know, there's glass on the floor and somebody's going to the glass. Oh, and there's the pane of glasses on the side and somebody's going to be going through them. Like to me, it has just become as formulaic as watching something like where somebody maybe like picks out like Diesel and be like, okay, he's got his five moves that he does or something like that. Or if you want to like take it even worse, it's, you know, just thinking about like rest spot like 1980s WWF house show wrestling or something like that. A lot of these spots now, they're just they're just so throwaway, seen them be done before by the same person doing them before as well, that it is just like somebody just sticking a, you know, you know, an arm lock on somebody or sticking a loose full Nelson on somebody or just, you know, like a side headlock and things. It's... It, it's like you're just sort of almost like waiting for it and it almost just feels like every single time I watch a Nick Gage match it's just the same shit just like repackaged in a different order and then there's things like I don't know how people can just keep just still eating it up when it's just the same stuff again and again and again and like how much longevity is it in this stuff like even the promos or even the it it it, it always just feels like the same stuff that's just been said all the time and this is like this is where I look at it and you think like maybe maybe the first time I saw Nick Gage 
it probably was a bit more exciting and a bit more enjoyable and some of the stuff, but then, but it just, just seems to just be like sausage factory stuff to me. It's just like churn it out and it's just like get, you know, go through the same stuff. Like, um, yeah like a, a, a again and again and on, on that same process and and like come on like bring something new to the act bring something a bit different to the act because especially when you're on a platform mm. like this where you're working with john moxley you're going to have a lot of eyes on the product there's going to be a lot of people talking about it or a lot of people should be talking about it you know on commentary there obviously you've got foley there but people are talking about this is probably like the biggest match of nick gage's life and it just felt flat as a pancake to me like, I, I, I can't see how like anybody could you know possibly be getting out of this and even some of the stuff like i there where you've got them like i don't want to get into like production values but where you've got the camera right in front of somebody's face where they're doing like pizza cutter spot on someone's forehead and quite visibly nothing is happening to the guy's forehead as this is like running back there's no cuts happening there's no anything happening this is supposed to be this big like sick high spot that you know is a big key part of like nick gage's offense that he's synonymous with and it's, it's, it might as well just be like running a crayon back and forward on somebody's head because, you know if, if that's happening you you want to see them at least you know you want to see a bit of blood happening you know the camera zooms in and it's like oh yeah it's just a you could just do with a bit of botox there he's just got a slight wrinkle on his forehead there's definitely no cut or blood coming out there or anything i'd like i don't know you know it's not for me but, you know this this was one that again it was went into genuine open you know open open book like come on like in not a case of like impress me kind of thing but come on i'm open to you impressing me and you know just just failed again like um You'll be waiting. i don't know how many times i can go through this you shouldn't <laughs> like you shouldn't <laughs> watch any more of his matches because you're not going to be sold on him like i mean the one thing I'd but say- you see like john moxley and that's the thing it's like it's john moxley and you think oh come mm. on then there's got to be something bigger this has got to something has got to come out of this that's brilliant that's, that reels you in but no yeah. it's just like you know it, it could have been in there with fucking absolutely anybody in the world and like like i think again though that there's nobody out there who is selling nick gage on the matches no one is like that's the thing like he's not going to change your mind this i mean i can't defend this match this it was you know i got enjoyment out of it but it was it was a paint by numbers death match and i wanted this as the accumulation of like this big story for it to be something more special and i was disappointed by it i think the first ricky shane page match is probably the best example of like a a nick gage match that maybe takes things to another level this was a match that didn't do that it was you know it was every other death match ever but i mean i don't think i'm ever gonna sell you on nick gage because you know nick gage that the reason he's over it isn't it isn't the matches it's the you know i know you don't like his personality either but it's the personality side of the thing it's the charisma it's the entrance in a lot of ways it's the entrance he's a he's the sandman you know mm, he's, he's that sandman, kind of character that's what he is and if if you're not buying him going in you're not gonna buy him coming out he's very very like unlikely to to change your mind but what what i would say is like yeah i don't i'd love to go in two footy with the defense of this match but i can't because you know it was just a death match it was it felt like it was missing a, a final act it felt like the the finish like i say really did come yeah. out of nowhere as maybe it was starting to, to get going a bit the audience seemed perplexed by it the commentary seemed perplexed by it and yeah all in all you know even as a spectacle I think, you know, it failed. You know, as a spectacle, it should have 
been bigger than this and like yeah jp says there where'd you go next after that i don't really know because <laughs> they didn't really give you much after that either so it was a you know it was a big opportunity and a, and a big shot window and where i do agree is yet with a bit more creativity um and you know something a bit more memorable for maybe the finish or the, or the finishing stretch certainly um you know i'll be able to defend it a bit more but i can't really in this case it was you know it was all right it was a decent dish by the numbers death match and, and not really what the the occasion that called for and maybe i was expecting not expecting much out of gauge you know despite being a fan of him but maybe expecting even a bit more out of, out of moxley to you know to, to do something a bit more special and memorable here but I don't know. He just seemed happy to be out there in the first place. So maybe that was enough for him. Yeah, there's a lot of bit just being happy to be there. But at he the end, he felt as well. I do enjoy. Yeah, I do enjoy that side of him. Like even if like you know, put the death match thing aside, the fact that he is out there having the time of his life and does whatever the fuck he wants. Like he's got a great yeah. life with Moxley right now, and it's it is it is enjoyable to see compared to who he was, you know, two three years ago. It's it's what he wanted. It's the equivalent of the musician getting to play the smaller venues. It's the, you know, to get into sort of do off-Broadway stuff and independent films and stuff like that. It's, that's really what it is. And what you get from it as the viewer is you're getting a more well-rounded kind of wrestler and character because you are, he's not doing this stuff in AEW. So I get it. I get the appeal. I, you know, they've done a great job kind of marketing it. It's just that the match doesn't live up to it in any way, shape or form. And at what point does it burn? At what point does it burn out, though? Because yeah. as you talk about, like the undercard there, there's 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 not much going on below Nick. You know, Nick Gage is the draw, isn't he, to GCW? Like, it, it, there's there's I think you know, there's not a lot going on there underneath that's pulling. You know, they might to to a small percentage. There's uh, there's there's an element of kind of like the 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 brand, I suppose, and, 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 and things like that. That's kind of like a, mm. a, a draw, and it sucks people in. But if then, I don't know if if that mileage and Nick Gage goes, then the what what, what fills the shoes beyond beyond him? Do you, do, do you know that it it doesn't seem like there's there's anything underneath that I see people talking about who are watching these shows more regularly and things that talk about the next thing that's coming through, the thing that's going to be the 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 main event, like the leads lead leads sort of element for GCW beyond Nick Gage and I suppose that kind of like bleeds into what you're saying there about like the what's next kind of thing as well and is it just a case of uh, we bring in random you know WWE AEW name to have a match with Nick Gage but then if they're just serving up the same match essentially every single time then there has got to be a point where people go I've seen this kind of thing and I know how this goes and and that's that, that's where probably I look at it and with more disconnected eyes. And I think this is where the innovation needs to come. This is where the creativity needs to come and doing something a bit differently and, you know, giving you something a little bit beyond that to get your teeth into rather than the same four different <laughs> weapon oh. spots that happen in a, in, in a match as well. And that's the challenge for the, for the, for them to me, because they've clearly got something there with the, the crowds that they've got. And yeah, I don't doubt for a second, if they're, booking Hammerstein that they're going to sell it out because mm. you know they have got that 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 following but you know it it, do, it does feel like there's just something lacking there to I don't know establish it a bit more or you know take take things beyond where they are right now 
It's whether they. Oh, it's also even sustain what they're doing right now. Has it? I think they'll sustain because I think I don't think deathmatch fans will get sick of that. Like you know, that gets this isn't you know unique to GCW mm. or, or new. You know, the people who are fans of that style, are, you know, regardless of us kind of saying it was a paint by numbers match. You know, you look at cage match or you look at grapple in general, and there are people out there who still absolutely loved it, and those died in the world GCW hardcores aren't going anywhere. I think you've hit the nail on the head mm. with the drawer as the brand. I think that's it. That's what GCW's done really well, like progress before them and bring up on a back in the day and all kinds of other promotions with that kind of guerrilla marketing aspect or, you know, you're part of this kind of aspect. You can see it, you know, in the crowd when, when Gage comes out or just at the start of the shows, you know, it is, you know, a very unique crowd but a crowd where it does feel like a like a, a mini community they've kind of built that you know that's being part of gcw and go to gcw in general as part of the draw i mean you know we all you know jp will attest to it as especially with me you know we all followed that wrestlemania that flat wrestlemania weekend and kind of went fuck what what is left here in this company and you know poor jordan oliver who i do like you know i got sick to the back teeth of because you know he wasn't good enough to carry the role you know he was mm. in at, at that point he's probably still not quite good enough uh you know yet now i think the thing that's maybe changed over the last few months though is that you know they have been able to bring back an Alex Zane, Leo Rush is back, you know, the the AEW lens that they've got, you know, Eugene Ellis, Marco Stunts, along with, you know, there is talent there, you know, Chris Dickinson, Tony Deppel and the likes that are there in the undercard. And the fact that, you know, yes, you know, Matt Cardona and, and Moxley have given them a shot on the arm. But I always feel with GCW, while, you know, I was pretty you know, blase on this card and, you know, it's I'm kind of getting slowly dragged back into following them again after a while of just not really being interested because all of the shows felt the same. It does feel like fertile ground where something could happen. You know, this is you know, a ninja map could, mm. could pop. Or they could find a, you know, another rando in like a backyard fed like an Alex Zane or somebody, you know, somebody else like that who just pops up and all of a sudden is the hot, hottest thing in GCW. You know, they do enough, a, a, so much of that of bringing in, you know, different people. What's Buddy Wayne's son called, JP? Um, oh, oh his Wayne. son. He's been doing their shows and has kind of been getting a little buzz. You know, Steve Carino's son, you know, Colby Carino's uh, been knocking around. There's always like the possibility of somebody like that catching on um and it's you know a hot enough promotion with a dedicated enough fan base that like there's always kind of that possibility i think that's maybe you know those little things have changed in the last few months that have given me a little bit more hope um and a little bit more like okay maybe i should start paying attention to them again that and the fact they've attempted storytelling Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, and they're the bringing in. Who did they bring? It was it Thunder Rosa they brought in this weekend as well. Yeah. Um. You know that's. I mean, talk about an upgrade from. You know the, the one women's wrestler they uh, continuously <laughs> using Ali Cat. You know that's night and day, isn't it? That's like that's a five star wrestler. Oh. Know, instead of relying on this two star wrestler, so I, I think maybe they're recognizing that and trying to like beat things up. And I wonder if, like we're saying with Rev Pro, you know, going forward, that maybe if there is like a bit of an unofficial AW relationship that'll help them too well they've got access to so much talent and they don't need all of this talent a lot of the times it gives them something to do although thunder rosa turns up everywhere doesn't she mm. she really does like i mean where next ring of honor i wouldn't be surprised mm. she's already done nwa impact you know 
Sorry. That's not the end of your point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of your point. Like she, turns up in, she turns up in a lot of places. I've nothing else to add on. More of an observation than anything else. <laughs> Any other thoughts on GCW then? <laughs> JP's yeah. just desperate to talk some MLW, isn't it? Oh, no. I am do, indeed. Do you want to do Noah and cleanse, cleanse the palate, or do you want to do MLW? We can't think... do MLW before we do no. <laughs> Gareth's putting his foot down. We got a vote. We didn't get. We got a vote in the uh, in the chat for it. But no, I think that's fair enough. We Gareth Barber has spoken. <laughs> MLW is a big deal. What was the rating on Thursday, JP? What ten thousand? Forty like thousand. Oh, forty. Sorry, yeah, forty. There you go. Forty thousand, and and apparently, like, I I felt quite down on it. Because I have a funny feeling that number's probably end up collapsing over the next few weeks. Mm. Um, the yeah, other than that, yeah, it did did forty thousand. No, no, Noah first. I've got you know a few things <laughs> think of say about Noah. This might say anything else, and it is a, is a good palate cleanser. But yeah, did you guys just watch the main, or did you watch the whole show? Uh, just the main, just the main. Yeah, yeah just yeah. the main for me as well. Uh, Nakajima Marafuji. Interested them? Where did you where did you go on it? I'm gonna have uh, I've not seen uh, your ratings there on the old grapple app. Only just about to got to finish before we uh, we went here. I'm guessing they're going to be higher than Earth uh, Engage Max. <laughs> I've had better shits than that. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean, on this new match, I mean, I went four point two five on it. Mm. Um, I've definitely seen people mm. going higher on the app. Um, I think um, you know. I've, I saw a few fives thrown its way that were a bit surprising to to see that go in, but like you know, overall it's, it's averaging around about like four point three nine, and I kind of was that was probably the territory I was hovering in. I often find myself in this space where you're like, is it a four point two five? Is it a four point five? I was kind of somewhere in the middle, and then ended up probably just going a bit a bit lower because it didn't quite feel like a four and a half star match to to me. But you know, I think um, you know. All in all, it was just again just following on from the back of the the N one there, and you know some you know cracker matches that I really enjoyed over the, the over the last few weeks. It was one there where you kind of expectations, or maybe it was hope as much as expectations that it was going to go out there and and and, and deliver. And you know, I, I just thought it, I thought it massively, massively did. Like uh, I, I think that you know it just sort of. St- told that quite nice story along the way of it being quite sort of slow and light and evasive at the start and you know almost not much happened really in the first five minutes mm-hmm. of the match really with um as they kind of um i don't know they were getting a feel for each other and and, and things but then you know nakajima starting to land you know in, increasingly more and in, landing heavier and you know basically marafuji landing fuck all for 10 minutes really until lashing Nakajima over the top rope injuring his um, his arm with the bad fall in the process and then you know punishing his arm and then continuing to you know you know essentially just work him and dominate him for the next sort of 10 to 15 minutes in the in, in the ring with some you know great strikes you know great um, um, you know great submission attempts and you know, ultimately, as the as the as, as the match went on, you sort of had Nakajima coming back into it. You know, but um, Marafuji, them almost just been like hope spots with you know Marafuji going back to the arm, and you had that beautiful like arm 
um, arm in, like arm and leg triangle, where he had just, he had both the arm and then he had the scissors with his own legs um, around uh, his leg as well, getting that near submission as well, which was was absolutely fantastic stuff. You know, I think as it got towards the end, they really like kicked into gear with you know as we know we are always going to get with these two, just some you know real massive hard hitting strikes and that kind of like chop slap kick battle that they had at the thirty five minute mark where they were kicking the shit out of each other and then Marafuji land that brutal knee to him. Uh, um it was you know absolutely like great stuff towards the the, the end there as well and then Nakajima um you know getting the getting the win with that like delayed vertical spike um off the back of that uh, head kick. I just thought it was just excellent stuff like it was it just sort of followed on that trend really that we've that we've seen recently from you know a couple of the big matches that they've put in there that haven't involved Muta and then also just this sort of run of form really for the last 12 months that Nakajima's on like every time he's he's in there in this spot like it's all you know what you're getting with him but it sort of doesn't get boring for <laughs> for me like with you know the 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 realism and ferocity these you know the strikes and kicks that is that that is landing. I thought the cell job he did on that arm was absolutely you know first class as as well. And you know all in all, where we've talked recently and I've talked about like you know last twelve months and you know getting increasingly into into nowhere and having concerns about the booking and things. This is felt like it was like oh god, this has played out exactly the way it should do. And he's you know. Um, Nakajima's walking away with the, the belt on him and you're thinking okay there's a bit of you know sunshine ahead of you I mean he'll probably fucking um, lose it to Masato Tanaka or something like that in, in a month's time or something but um, but no as it stands right now I'm just walking away from this thinking like yes come on <laughs> this this direction's mm. moving the, the, the right way where it where it needs to be and oh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it I went 4.25 as well uh, the feeling I got with this is, I mean, I, I, I like the story of, and this is where the commentary team, again, I know we always bang on about them as well, but this is where they really, their style fits these types of matches. Mm. And now it's like a, a per, like when they're explaining the kind of the, the storylines and the fact that Marafuji is, is thought of as this genius. So he's always got kind of little counters and little traps that he can get um, Nakajima in. And I love the kind of like extended submission spots as well. Cause it was just like him being able to kind of move him around the mat. So he wasn't getting able to get towards the ropes. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I've enjoyed. And and generally the best Noah main events are the ones that are really like attritional and you even like when the finish comes, it still feels like a bit of a shock, like every time almost like they, they it felt like they, the crowd were shocked that there was a, there was a title change. Mm. It's an important time for Noah and getting it like, it very much proves that a Marafuji was a transitional champion, which would suggest that Muto wasn't possibly willing to drop the title to anyone else. I would go as far as say that. That kind of seems a bit likely because this Marafuji run, kind of inexplicable really, but it filled a gap and it created this match, which was, which was, you know, kind of the main thing. And Nakajima put over strong. He's 33 years old. He's got a bags. Yeah. He's wrestling since he was 15. Mm. That's mental. Mm. Adopted by Kensuke Sasaki, is it Manami Toyota? Oh, I might have got it wrong. No, it's um um uh Hokuto. What's her name? Let me get it up on here. Akira Hokuto. Yeah, that's it, Akira Hokuto. 
Well, fuck, don't forget that. Yeah. So, and he was what wrestling? I think he wrestled in the dome at sixteen. Like, he just feels like he's kind of a complete package. If this was the US, New Japan would be offering him big bucks. And given the fact that they've made this kind of big relaunch of their Wrestle Universe website and they've done the subscription deal, if you look at them as an overall entity of Cyberfight, and you know. This is one of the things I'd like to bring up. Like, I think the state of Noah are really interesting. I mean, I had a chance to read Alan Farrell's latest article for The Torch, talking about Noah and the kind of landscape in Japan and the opportunities there and uh, things like the production values and, and whatnot, and then delivering in some of these big matches. And, you know, Nakajima, he'll always look kind of fresh-faced, which is bizarre because he's fundamentally quite evil, like with his grin and everything else. But he's a different kind of figurehead. You've got like a kind of more of an edge now to um, Kiyomiya. You've got like an interesting undercard and a couple of veterans you can go to. I like the idea of Masata Tanaka as the next defense. Like if they're having that show in like Kurokan, it fits a gap kind of perfectly for them. But Noah in an absolutely fascinating place at this point in time. Yeah, a good position where they can steal a lot of those you know, New Japan fans who, uh, you know, I saw them like mm-hmm. even just poking their nose at like, um, you know, saying on Twitter, oh, you know, the show's about to start and feel free to do some gifts, everyone. I think that was one of the, uh, yeah. I don't know which of the two commentators it was that said he was in charge of the Twitter that day, but I enjoyed that. You know, <laughs> do that, you know, lean into that, you know, in a in a world where yeah. no one's fucking talking about New Japan in G1 season, you know, encourage them to talk about you instead like that is smart isn't it um yeah i enjoyed the match i went for him a little bit lower than you guys i think i'm always gonna be when it comes to uh, to know it was a touch too long for me i would have chopped off 10 minutes of it but overall i really enjoyed it for all the reasons you say you know the the great the great selling in the early stages and the you know the strike battles are unlike anything else you will see you know elsewhere in uh, in wrestling right now and all in all, I was just mainly happy to see yeah Nakajima win. Like I went into it like vaguely spoiled, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'd seen a photo, but I wasn't sure exactly what the finish was. But you know, I went in with every possibility that that Marufuji was was going to go over and the the goodwill that you know the likes of you guys and, uh, and everyone else has kind of got for it for 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 now will, will fall at that final hurdle once again. But you know, watching somebody like you know, Nakajima, who's you've got to be your ace in this promotion. And as, you know, Alan, you know, kind of has put, you know, he's putting he's putting him up there as like the best wrestler in the world right now. And if you've got a you know a wrestler that good in, in your promotion, of course he should be the champion. Of course, you know, we should be, you know, focusing on him and having matches like this and matches like the had in the uh, the final last week. It is, you know, the obvious thing to do. You just can't always trust them as supposed to do the obvious thing. You know, Basato Tanaka, I get a bit of a, a buzz out of the fact that he's gonna be, you know, the first defense. In theory, that should be, you know, a easy yes, but you know, nice hard hitting kind of you know first offense i kind of feel having seen the closing stages of the end one seeing this now you know i want to see that through i want to see that first offense i want to see where things are, are going with them you know so they've kind of got me you know from that point of view it's just you know that that, that worry of uh that trust being uh you know betrayed at some point is the uh the only thing as you'll always say jp yeah it is isn't it there's always that fear factor it's like they, you know, you, we saw last week on the N1 victory. I'm right in thinking, Gareth, you saw the Masato Tanaka, was it versus Sakuraba draw? Was that the mm-hmm. match you were talking about? So, yeah. like, 
that's made me kind of excited to see Masata Tanaka in this position as well. Like, well, he beat, uh, he beat Nakajima in the first match as well in, oh. the, in, in the M1. So, so you know, Legacy Nakajima's got to get it. He's got to get. He's got to get his win back. You know, because he uh, as well. He beat, literally beat him a month ago in the in, in the first match there in the in the M1 as well. So, yeah. and, and I know this is where I'm like looking at it and I'm thinking like, okay, well, he's, there's that there. You know, there's the. Uh, I think the the form Sakurab has been on. You know, you'd like to see him have another match there with him, and that being one where, again, hopefully, it just kind of like cements this new or newer guard mm-hmm. um, beating the 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 older guard. But again, obviously, I'm coming at this at this you know relatively new to Noah. I'm just so thinking some of these matches are probably going to have happened in the last few years as well when, you know, Kiyomiya's had his title run and Nakajima's had his title run. But it just feels like at this point in time for where a lot of these people are, it just feels like mouthwatering to me. The idea now that mm. you've got Nakajima, you've got the, you, you know, the going back to um, the Masakitamiya where obviously That's he's fine. like took his hair, does that match, that, 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 that then that can come now with a, a new dimension go back to um, Kiyomiya, go to the um, Keno again. You know, there's just... The, the go Shiozaki, former Shiza- tag Sh- coming back in. There's just so... There's, there's so many possibilities there where you're looking at where we talk about the New Japan main event product feeling quite stale and quite samey mm. and a lot of repeat matchups and things like that. Like I say, some of these matches may, you know, and have happened in the past, but like, you know, right now for where it feels like Noah's getting a bit more profile, they're just like, you know, so many different sort of variants here that mm. you think can suck people in. And where you talk about Wrestle Universe being free with the English commentary, with the great production values, the great camera work that they've got, there's so many ticks in so many different boxes there that, you know, there really is an open open goal here for them to, you know, potentially um, hit. Really, so yeah, like just 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 pray to God really that they 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 follow it follow it through. We said this about WWE for the longest time; they needed competition, and then they get it, and it's the thing to kind of raise their game. New Japan really need it. Mm-hmm. They've been able to dominate in Japan without any serious competition for such a long time. They need this kind of kick up the arse. And there's a lot of potential pitfalls with this because, like, you know, as much as we're sort of talking about a couple of, you know, really fun weeks of watching Noah, you know, it has gone to the point where it's been me getting angry about certain matches. You know, during the N1, they did Muto 30-minute draws, for God's sakes. Like, you know, did you see, they still uh, do some I shit put, that's mad. And fast forward, and I put the end of like the previous match on, and they were teasing Nito doing her, um, a doomsday device, but with the Shining Wizard. <laughs> it was like, I can't remember who he was teaming with, but whoever he was teaming with was looking at him like, are you sure? And they took so long for him to, to, to like, no, really, I'm going to do it. Like, it just got countered. <laughs> it was just like, what a tease. <laughs> like, I feel like that's going to be a great moment when it does eventually happen. That's I got a big fan of that. <laughs> You'll die, fucking shining wizard Tuesday device. Fuck off, mate. Fuck. Your legs sakes. will fall off. <laughs> He's always in them semi mains though. When I'm fast forwarding through these shows, always there, always the reminder. All the fifty year old lads. There's a bunch of them. Some of them are great. Mm. Even Fanaki, mm. fresh off another trip to hedonism. <laughs> speedos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
cares about uh, his tan more than his win loss records. But highly recommend article when it comes out in the, in the latest torch as well. Because I think there's a, there's a lot of interesting points with Noah at the moment, and as we've said before, it's kind of a really good jumping in point, particularly with Nakajima as champion. So for those people and new subscribers, it's you know it'd be interesting to see what they make in the next couple of months and whether or not it, it catches wind at all. Um, I suppose then, JP, headline. Do you want to do MLW? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. What do you lads make of it? It wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Right. <laughs> it was all right. It happened. An hour and a tally happened in front yeah. of us, JP. It was all right, wasn't it? It was okay. <laughs> what, did, what, what didn't you like? It's not which, that I didn't like. It's much? just bang average, isn't it? Like, I thought the main event was a three-star match, wasn't it? Was it higher than Yeah, that? it was. I mean, for your big match that you built for all this time. Yeah, but it wasn't going to be. It wasn't. It's. It's. You know. It's like the monkeys, isn't it? It's not about the music. It's about the feeling. You know. I don't really it, understand. It, 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 so Gareth asked earlier today when you putting it around grapple, like, what's the deal with Fightland? So is Fightland its own show? Is that what it is? Because so, the cage match. R- r- I think like, it's the Fightland tapings. Right. Is it? So it's that, the show I, 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 Fightland. I, I googled it afterwards, and it said there was gonna. It was going to be on. Vice for a certain number of weeks or something yeah. like that. So right, um, but then what happens so after that? Fusion, Fusion Alpha at the moment. Right, but I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Go with it. Right. Go with it. Well, I it's mean, a feeling. Yeah, it's, it's not about it's not about the match quality. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you, you know, you're traveling me with GCWJP, so I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, give you some respect and time there. Um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, I enjoyed the like the opener with um, Tajiri and Ares and Aramis and Myron Reed. I'll be honest, I would have just taken Ares and Aramis in there on their own, or if Myron Reed has to be there, you know, having to. Um, That's uh, mental booking. Yeah, I got a bit of a kick out. I, I, maybe they're trying to lean into the fact that, you know, Tajiri was a name from back in the day and maybe hoping that, like, some channel changes are going to stop on Vice and, and be into watching Tajiri. But I don't know how much time I've really got for watching Tajiri do buzzsaw kicks in, you know, 2021. <laughs> it's just, you know, whatever. Um, and also winning, which was just, yeah, that Lunacy. Can you explain that, JP? <laughs> like, uh, is... Not at all. No, <laughs> I've got no explanation for you. He's also the co-booker of All Japan. Maybe that's so it. So clearly he's someone you want to put your middleweight title onto. Mm. Hasn't got anything else going on. And so Myron Reed was the champion coming in, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. I imagine he'll just build to that because yeah. they love Myron Reed. Mm. And he is... Look, and Myron me Reed is... Over. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to get Mihar over. If they do Mihar versus Alex Hammerstone, I'll obviously watch. But like, I won't. You know, I do like um, Alex Hammerstone's music. He comes out to Queens of the Stone Age. Like, so I thought it was you know quite a good little touch there. Did you not enjoy the embedded segment in I the middle? Know. Yeah, I was going to go. Oh, well, what did you think of the opener, JP? What did you give it? Star rating wise? I'm giving this the full. Oh, statement. star rating wise. Oh right. I'm trying to give MLW um, the respect it deserves. Okay. I haven't actually put my rating in yet. I'd say two and a half. I didn't. I didn't think it was like particularly good. I thought Tajiri was slaved putting MLW on the half. Unbelievable. Sorry, <laughs> two and a half from me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I go two. Uh, two. Fair enough. Like like you say, it's just you could bring in like they're bringing in Will Ospreay. Right? That's fucking and ridiculous. What's he doing? <laughs> like, Come on, mate. 
Like, you know, recognize that you're a bigger level of star than this fucking company. Like, be better off in Impact. What's he doing? I don't get it. I don't. I can't get my head around it at all. They just appear to exist in this weird netherworld where they can do something like that. But they've not really had much New Japan contact at any stage. Yeah, it makes no sense. I will say the the way we found out in that whole embedded segment, I did enjoy that. I like it's kind of an interesting way of doing something yeah. of like having like a quote unquote halftime show and having legitimate talking heads with it. You know, was it Raj Geary, Andreas Hale, um, Milo Spark yeah. is the other one, isn't he? And you know, and Meltzer <laughs> with a camera that's far too close, <laughs> basically yeah. stuck up his fucking nose. Um, well, mate, <laughs> think, think about the office. You can see his paws. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like seeing him in real life with that uh, that Manchester car. It's like, yep, there's a man who doesn't sleep. Um, but it, but if he pulls that camera back, you're just going to see the the tip that is his office. That is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's unacceptable. What they, that, that's what they said because they said he was from his. He was. <laughs> he, he wasn't in the studio. He'd be joining him from his office. I was thinking, fucking hell, they're not going to put that on telly, are they? Like, <laughs> I don't know how he makes it to the other side of the room without ruining whatever system is there. The signs are there, folks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> the signs are there. <laughs> but I, I like the idea of, like, doing that. And it, it, it's different, yeah. isn't it? Because they're acknowledging the why the mm-hmm. wrestling world and it's, you know, done in a way that doesn't insult your intelligence but also doesn't make, you know, these journalists have to pretend wrestling is all the way real either. Like, it it walks that line quite well. Um, I don't know how it does, is it like, a segment in the middle of a show where, you know, people are going to change the channel or whatever and wonder what, what they're watching but yeah, it's, it's innovative isn't it there you go there's something you can mm. do about multiple it is, it is quite often innovative I, well I, th- I, was... I think the fact that they opened with the WWE like is the WWE for sale like mm. that was like their opening like talking heads piece and I just thought like where the fuck's this come from? I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching MLW, and it's like they're just sitting here having a little chat about the same WWE. I was like, what, "What on earth is going on here?" And like, definitely, uh, definitely jumps out. Sorry, just reading Liam's comment. <laughs> Put an impromptu episode of Hoarders in the middle of MLW on my TV. That's what we need. Camera zooms out. Melts is just <laughs> living in film. Mate. <laughs> I agree though, no, it is. You know, it's a promotion like acknowledging the outside world is there. Yeah. That should always um, be encouraged. But yeah, I don't get the Osprey thing. I don't get it at all from anyone's I get it from anyone's point of view, but if I'm New Japan, I don't green like that. And if I'm you know Who's he working? Shouldn't he be doing AEW? Shouldn't he be doing at least impacts? I don't yeah, who's he wrestling? Good point shaping. Tajiri? Is that what we're setting up? I don't understand. Like yeah. Alex Hammerstone? ISIS. It's, yeah, I was going to say it's, 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 it's probably Osprey in contra. versus ISIS as a it's probably, it's probably in contra with everybody else. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I would love to see him do that. What like the Newcastle fans celebrating in front of Saudi flags like over the last week, which is oh, did we not talk just about a, that? Oh, a further reminder of how mental the world has gotten. I meant to bring that up in the pre-show. I, I can't. I can't get my head around that at all. And in some ways, Will Ospreay turning up in Contra Unit is not entirely dissimilar to that. In some ways. I don't know what his parents would think about it. That would be a fucking, that would be a sight to see them. See how they take that when they're watching voice TV, as they do on the rake, no doubt. Uh, she put him against Dykes to be uh, some in Brit Res who'd have a tough time picking who they want to support out of them too. But uh, anyway. 
Uh, it depends if Twitter likes her or at stake. But anywho, um, <laughs> have a yeah. step He won. I, I did wonder if Fatu's off. He's run his course there, really. He needs to go somewhere else. He's not that tall. That's he, needs one some, the- he needs to put some weight on as well. He looks about 200 pounds to me. Like, they, they try and bill him as this monster and they're saying 300. I was thinking, bullshit, he's 300 pounds. I was thinking, he's a fucking light heavyweight. I thought that. Andrew, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the post-draft, Andrew put him against Roman, which sounded great on paper. And then I watched the show and was like, Roman would be like three three foot taller than him and probably wider as well. Like, yeah. Mm. I was surprised, yeah. I, maybe it's just the fact that he was out there with Hammerstone that made him, you know, look more what his real size is. Yeah, Hammerstone's not that tall either. That's one of the things. But they, they're very much an accentuate the positives, hide the negatives promotion, aren't they, with mm-hmm. that? So they kind of play sort of fast and loose with it. Again, where do they go? How good is this relationship on Vice TV? Like, can they keep their shit together? But, yeah, it's, it, it's you know, to quote, again, is it Vice Principal Chalmers? Um, it's a hell of a toboggan ride. Go with it. That's what MLW is. That's all I say about it. Dodging it here, Gareth. What do you think of the match? <laughs> we never talk about the what, matches. What, my dodging? There's a reason the why biggest, we never talk about the fucking matches. Because <laughs> like, the, the shit. Biggest, I thought this the biggest, was right. The biggest match in MLW history, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went three stars. <laughs> <laughs> three stars. Look, MLW terms, that's a good four and a half, all right? <laughs> so, you know, you you're thinking on that sliding scale, aren't you? Gotta, I might love point two five for uh, for the the spot through the table and the contra flag. I thought that was great. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was. You know, there was kind of like Hammerstone. That's as good as he's he's been really, and that's the most he's been pushed because he's very green and he's not great. And Gareth here is shaking his head already. <laughs> he's not impressed with this at all. But oh, I, dog, I dog shit. <laughs> 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 oh, he's not that bad. Come on, oh. <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's so bad that the that the crowd were were behind fucking Jacob Fatu. Oh, I know of, of ISIS. Yeah, <laughs> look again. It's Newcastle fans, isn't it? You know, they you know they the. Cheering on, aren't you? It's Sorry, like, yeah, I've compared fucking... Saudi Arabia to ISIS. I'm wondering in a dangerous territory. <laughs> That's it. Mike Ashley's gone, so we'll take anything, literally anything. It's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a, a terrorist. Yeah, the murder journalist. Cool. Welcome. Mike Ashley buys MLW. <laughs> it's uh, not the next step. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Power, as, as a ma- I, I did enjoy this match for all of its kind of bullshit and, it and it various things. Stars. I know I did. I. I I watched this episode quite happily for an hour. I, I was like, this is an hour of, te- of, tele- of American television wrestling. I just like the aesthetic. I don't know why against all of my better judgments. It's just like a kind of piece of nonsense. It's effectively replaced impact for what it means to me. It's just this weekly mad promotion that goes all over the place, but they do take, interesting risks from time to time and changes of format and stuff like that. A lot of time it doesn't work, but I admire the attempt and people like Hammerstone, that's been their project since they've launched their YouTube channel. That was their first mistake. (laughs) Alex Hammerstone. (laughs) Jacob. Oh mate, come on. 
<laughs> you got you got him and Mads Kruger to look forward to after this. After was, what was uh, one of the worst. I, I, I was watching it whilst hanging, washing up. I do on my laptop across the room, and like in his fucking white pants with his blonde hair, I, I, he looked like fucking Big John Stud from like 1985 or something like that. And he was moving like him in the ring as well. I was just like, how, how is this? Like, this is the top guy who's been pushed for a two-year period to get to this point that that he's getting, you know. <laughs> That fucking ISIS is more popular than, <laughs> like that is not a win. That is not success. <laughs> and then you put the belt on, belts on him at the end. <laughs> Have some faith. Your biggest sh- go mean, with it. This is the biggest show, though, isn't it? Though, like you know, we got a half a yeah. St James's Park worth of people watching this on telly. You know, <laughs> big audience. Um. <laughs> you got to uh, put your best foot forward, haven't you, JP? Shouldn't this be have been the best MLW show ever? I don't think it was ever going to be that. No, I, I think why, it was. What it? else? What else would they have put on, <laughs> on the gravel to make it the best was. ML? Look, they have. They're limited in what they can do, and they do make the best of what they have. Like seriously, I'm going to be sticking up for them. This is there is much worse wrestling television out there than this. Like this, this for me Name beats it. everything on WWE. Oh, yeah, fair enough. The largest yeah. wrestling promotion in the world. It's yeah, better it than that. everything they produce. I would happily watch this over NX anything. Fair Smackdown enough. on for an hour. I couldn't give a shit. At least fucking wild stuff happens in this place. It's a bit mental. And Will Ospreay's turning up for reasons. Like, it, it's it's daft, but I'll, I'll always go along with it. And is it going to work on Vice TV? Probably not. Let's be brutally honest. It really isn't. But I enjoy the fact that they're getting these kind of opportunities. And at least, I would say, given how limited they are, if you think of the things that the chance that Impact hadn't fucked up, like I I at least think that MLW are trying to do, you know, they're trying to do Lucha Underground at the same time, which you didn't see on this episode. They've been doing on that MLW Fusion Alpha, Tom Lawler with um, Cesar Duran. It's like it's mental. Not sold at all. Fuck it. Don't. If you're listening, Court, I was a big fan of the MLW podcast. Bar and Parlor, great podcast too. Good luck with your promotion, mate. You'll always have JP. Yeah, are you two just not just done with it? You're not having it at all. I've tried. Look, yeah, it's a well-run business. That's the one thing you can say. You know, they get they get they get more publicity than they, they you would expect from promotion there. So I know genuinely, you know, gets these rando TV oh, yeah. deals and. You know, they'll be on fucking the zone next or whatever the hell Did else. You hear there was all kinds going on. The best supposed to be on something... mm. Oh, yeah. They're supposed to be on something called Tubi, apparently, but WWE might be with them, and that's apparently next their deal. That's interesting. It could easily be bullshit. And in fact, wouldn't... as soon as I'm saying I'm thinking, this is probably bullshit from Court Bauer. That's part of the reason why I love him. Because he can come up with a lie that sounds somewhat convincing and Ends plausible and somehow works out a bit of the baby, baby faces and is then reported as news. God admire that. Oh, look. At La Parker do, doing cooking and stuff. They've given us some, some great moments over the last few years. I think we do them a disservice. Yeah, he's no action bro. I'll keep watching. I'll keep watching it occasionally, JP. It makes you happy. Good. <laughs> I don't think it does because we just rip into it for half an hour. <laughs> I like. I had a good time. But it's fun. He yeah. enjoys defending his corner. He does. I. You're, you're just not convincing me at all. It's. <laughs> it's great. Um, got a little bit of time left. What else have, uh, have you guys been watching? Maybe a quick roundup of uh, other stuff. What else did you say you were watching, JP? Watch some stardom. 
I watched the Stardom main event mm. today between Itami Hayashishita and Takumi Iroha, who you might remember when I was talking about Stardom last time, had that match with Shuri in the draw before the uh, five-star Grand Prix final. Um, I went 4.25 on this. I thought it was like a really good main event. Atami Hayashishita, I kind of, you watch, she is this prodigious talent. And if you're, again, sorry to be really boring, it'd be great to see her doing a bit of a tour in, you know, UK and, and the US as well. But really good. I mean, they had the kind of the mutual respect storyline. They had a draw in the five-star Grand Prix. It was kind of what you would expect from a from a top-line stardom main event where it was a lot more brutal than I expected. There was a whole lot of presentation about it that isn't necessarily for me. Um kind of very dramatic some like sort of really good um kind of like quite nasty moments as well from a who hits like a motherfucker it's absolutely hard as nails uh, yeah really enjoyed it not on the level of the kind of great stuff there it was quite long i was squeezing it in before recording tonight and it goes over half an hour um but yeah overall really good. I know there's stuff on the undercard as well, like Maya Iwatani and Tam Nakano had a 30-minute draw, which is leading to another match there. And again, they're in a good place. They do their pay-per-views. Their business is growing. They're doing all of this without any imports. Um, yeah. So I'd say go, have a watch of that if you have time. But it's not necessarily what I would say is essential viewing. And I haven't seen it with English uh, English commentary, if that's your thing. So. Mm-hmm. Doing well on the app. That main event's like 4.21 average on the app at the minute. The uh, Tam Nakano, Mayu Itani one's 4.22 as well. So the sort the two the top two matches on the show both essentially averaging out at like 4.25 matches. So clearly those who are watching getting some enjoyment out of it. Awesome. Well, uh, for me, I mean, I caught up, like I mentioned earlier, my broad throat thoughts, but yeah, I did a bit of, uh, when we were talking there, uh, Daniel Garcia Punk uh, mentioned there, I watched uh, the Alex Shelley and, and Suzuki matches, but yeah, as I said Ooh. then, like two very enjoyable matches. It was a great weekend for for, for him, like for Danny. I keep wanting to call him Danny Garcia, but that's the name of uh, the Roxax wife, isn't it? Let's go with Daniel. Um, yeah, yeah, he just had a great weekend, really. I'm like I said earlier, I'm dying for you to see that that Shelley match, Gareth. I think that'll be that'll be right up your your street. It was similarly structured to the punk match, but like maybe with them both kind of taking a limb each. And like I say, it was that again that veteran kind of like young star um, kind of story that they told there. That was really well done in front of like a, a smaller audience, but lots of like intricate you know attention to detail there. And Alex Shelley is you know one of the unsung heroes of the indies of the 2000s it's great to see him back like getting getting these runs mm. i was a little bit annoyed with the commentators because they didn't call um the shell shock for the finish uh, or the border city stretch I'm sure the tna fan in ujp would be disappointed in them too i feel like you got a legend like alex shelley come in come in you learn the na- names of the fucking moves but oh well they didn't um but uh, it didn't take away from like the uh, the drama of it and uh, a great finish and stretch and Unfortunately, another loss for Daniel Garcia. Uh, like I say, I, I 
genuinely don't think I've seen the uh, the Paul Ladd uh, Paul Ladd win a match, but it definitely maybe want to see that one. Alex Shelley, someone I know, AW brought a lot of names in recently, so maybe in six months or something, mm. Shelley and Saban coming in and doing like a mini run as the uh, Motor City Machine Guns, or just Shelley coming in and working a few matches, like in a if there's a slow period in like February or March or something, I'd I'd, I'd love that to happen. Um, but right now he seems to just be having a a whale of a time out there working these indie guys, working Daniel Garcia and working uh, you you more but it's if people haven't seen it, it's the main event of uh, uncharted territory the uh, the beyond tv show on it on iwtv um mm. i got i got a sub this week just to kind of watch that and to watch the the suzuki match which again as i mentioned earlier was i would say like a notch lower if 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 i was to give the shelly garcia match a, a rating on grapple it'd be somewhere in the range of 3.75 to, to four maybe even a, maybe a four probably go three and a half for the, the Suzuki match, um, which was kind of because as much as the Suzuki run's been brilliant uh, on the US Indies, it's like, again, we talk about like GCW and things that have revitalized like the Indies and made them feel hotter than they are. Suzuki just going to every little territory and working their top star has been, you know, even though I've not seen all of the matches, just been a joy to kind of see unfold, even just to, to follow on Instagram and he's, you know, there taking a, a picture with, you know, Jonathan Gresham or whoever it is, he's, he's worked that weekend and you know putting over you know obviously beating them in the ring but putting over like mm. a, this talent you know on the mic afterwards or you know in the case of Garcia he gave him a little fist bump where I think he uh, maybe earned his respect by the end but yeah he's just going out there and just yeah you know this is you know West Coast Pro Wrestling it's not a promotion I was hugely aware of but also on IWTV if you do get the uh, the sub for the, for, for the other match for the Shelly match and yeah you know Suzuki went out there and it was kind of plug and play let's just have Daniel Garcia do all my great my spots you know the, the strike exchanges the you know the brawling into the crowd and mm. you know the, the little bits of cheating from Suzuki it was all a little bit paid by numbers for a, for a while of it but it kind of felt like as the match went on Suzuki kind of realize that you know garcia can go and you know you could tell like just the little ways garcia was like selling minora suzuki strikes and you know kind of moving into permission position when you know we mentioned earlier gareth you said you know in the punk match where you know garcia does that thing where he'll just like desperately try and grab a limb like he was doing that in the suzuki match as well and it was like it was kind of rewarding to watch because you could see Suzuki kind of enjoying it and realizing he was in there with someone who was maybe a little bit different than some of the indie lads he's you know he's been working. I mean, he worked Joey Janela this weekend, but I don't think he'd be half as impressed with Joey Janela as he seemed to be with Daniel Garcia. And yeah, as they got a little bit more technical, technical and was a little bit more like submission swapping towards like the the stretch, the end stretch of the match. It was more, I think, in in Daniel Garcia's wheelhouse. But you know, a straightforward win for for Minoru Suzuki, but. You know, like I say, he gave him a bit of a fist bump at the end, played off the fact that he'd been calling him young boy throughout the match and kind of uh, put him over at the end as well. And it was, yeah, it was a little bit heartwarming to see, really, and kind of, it is cool to just see Suzuki doing this, like, you know, uh, this this tour of uh, of the US and, like, it might be, the, you know, the one and only time he does it. You, you know, I don't know how close he is to retirement, but is he going to do another indie tour like this? Is you know, Part of me was like, oh, will he come to the UK and do a similar thing? But who the fuck would he wrestle? You know, Two young guns, Tom Bellwell, go back home. Like, <laughs> maybe throw a Ridgeway match in there. Or something. Yeah, I don't think we've got the matches to offer him, so we should probably enjoy this run while it's happening. Yeah. It, 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 is it doing much for business? Are there many people 
at yeah, like busy. some of these shows as well. Busy, yeah. yeah. And you know what appeals to is you go because like everywhere he goes, yeah. like you know, the the entrance is over and he's over. You know, it is uh, interesting to see that like yeah, he can um, pop a little bit of a number in these smaller buildings. Have you seen and any of the Masters much- matches? Did you watch the Gresham match in the end? No, I never got round to it, mm. to be honest. Um, I was going to say about like Alex Shelley, he seems to have someone who seems to have found the sweet spot because he's only back part time. He's got like a full time, is a physical therapist job sort mm. of thing that he does. Um, and he seems to have hit the sweet spot between a work life balance. Like mm. he seems kind of very much happy with working on this level and being kind of much more of a kind of guest attraction. It's almost like these younger wrestlers have kind of gotten a lot of these kind of what they might might have been quite jaded wrestlers who now in their late thirties, early forties, never got signed by kind of WWE. And it feels like a lot of them are coming back, like Davy Richards coming back as well. It's just something that you're kind of seeing happen a lot more. Mm. And it's good. Yeah. No, it is. Love Alex Shelley. I'm telling you, mid two thousands could have been the biggest star in wrestling, but Oh yeah. Gabe went with Aston Aries mm-hmm. and uh history went a different way, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good to see him getting his roses. Um, but yeah, did you anything else you've watched, Gareth? Anything else you want to do, uh, to mention? Only other thing I've watched is Dark Side of the Ring, but maybe wait for next week for that for JP. You watch it? Yeah, we can talk about them. I haven't got a huge amount yeah. to say myself on uh, on old Johnny K Nine. Um, but what what is next week's episode? Oh, I think I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even I was looking to it. see if there's a, a Spanish football called Danny Garcia, but there really isn't. Not any notable ones. Um, <laughs> Like I say, just the rock. It sounds like he should be playing. Here we go. Dark side of the ring. Who is it next week? Um, the many faces of Luna Vachon. Okay. That'll be interesting. Yeah, we can. And then after that, it's Rob Black and then the steroid trials. (laughs) There you go. Ending big. Uh, all cool well we'll wow. do like a, a bit of a, a catch up then on there uh, there's a link yeah. said in the chat as well we'll do a bit of a, a catch up on there dark side of the ring next week but yeah I suppose other than that then yeah any plugs anything else anyone wants to mention yeah I was on uh, I'm on uh, Pro Wrestling Torch's Deep Dive with Rich Fan uh, which I recorded uh, before we did the Owen Hart show really good kind of wacky conversation where we went into uh, talked a lot of Squid Game spoilers which I've you know I've finished it since then and I had some different thoughts and sort of I bring them up at the end of that, but I won't go into spoilers because I know you guys haven't haven't seen it at all. Um, And we spoke a lot about Arsenal, Newcastle's buyout by uh, um, Mohamed bin Salman. Um, Then some wrestling spoke about Big E and like the kind of all the mainstream press that he was in because he was doing the intros to the Deontay Wilder fight as we were talking about in the Mm pre-show. Fucking amazing doing that as well so yeah really great far-ranging conversation that uh, we're also speaking about Noah and Wrestle Universe and stuff like that so yeah always great to have a chin wag with him so yeah uh, have a listen to that and obviously the patreon.com forward slash grapple there you go get your research done everyone get your uh, get your homework done lots of uh, great mm. Brian Danielson thing there on there uh, on some free links I've, uh, I've put out there on the, uh, the Patreon page and it is public so if you just want to watch the matches and you know Maybe that'll tempt you into listening to the podcast. You can go on the Patreon page and uh, and see the links to the matches there for uh, for all public users too. But yeah, anything there uh, you want to plug, Gareth? Anything you want to mention? Same as only just download that app. There you go. Get it downloaded. Get your ratings in. 
And yeah, no, it's very helpful. It made us avoid an entire week of G1. So there you go. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Gareth still had to put them in on the spreadsheet, but, you know, we didn't have to watch it. So. <laughs> you <know>. Eventually. <laughs> uh, amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Then, like I say, Brian Danielson, uh, mixtape is coming up. Weekend show on Friday, JP. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk the uh, the Friday night wars with uh, Rampage going uh, kind of head to head with uh, with SmackDown. We can uh, talk about that Dynamite on Saturday. Plenty to uh, to preview this week. But yeah, that's it for us yes. for another show. We'll catch you again next week. Bye. Peace out. See ya.